and hang it. Bye. And welcome to the Beef Sticks Podcast. We're back here again. We would not leave you alone. How's it going, my man, AC White? Oh, it is going well. I am still getting through this case of Sweet Child of Vine. I really haven't had the time to just sit and drink since I got out here. Except for podcasting. You're still catching a case. Still catching a case. But as a consolation, this week I will also be offering up Henry's Hard Orange Soda as 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 a as a sacrificial boon. It's okay. I knew a hard Henry like one time. <laughs> <laughs> how hard was um, it? How hard was he? Was so hard. That he actually stood up to you to a United Airlines flight crew. But um, I got something for that. <laughs> Boom! Hit the <laughs> <laughs> So I'm over here, and I'm actually going to be partaking on a a sampler pack of shells. It's their seasonal frost hop collection. It has a Hellas, and it has an export style with. Tetaning. I have no idea what tetaning is, but it's in there. It's got a pilsner. That's where tetanus. Oh yeah, there we go. I'm I'm taking a shot, a tetanus. That's a tetanus shot, right? Yeah. So now I don't need one again. It's a booster. There you go. This also has a coast style with a mandarin Bavaria. So hey, I'm I'm loving it. I always love shells. You can never go wrong with shells. Again. Shell's Brewery, New Ulm, Minnesota. Uh, great brewery. Go check. Uh, they do tours. Go catch a tour down there. They also have a beautiful flower garden that you can check out. Take some time on a weekend. Visit the Shell's Brewery. Get a few beers. Get a sampler pack. Take the tour. Check out the flowers. Take your woman with. You can impress her with the flowers and get her drunk. It's going to be a great night. You are definitely getting laid. <laughs> That's one of my regrets is I never made it down to Shell's while I lived there. I thought you were going to say that you never got laid. <laughs> oh, yeah. never. Father of two, never been laid once. I'm telling you, laid twice. Yeah. Come on, where's that rim shot? I'm setting you up, you're not following through. We're going to have to hire Strata as our, as our sound effects guy. What the right. fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> All right, so we got a lot to talk about. The Superstar Shake-Up was this week. We didn't have any pay-per-views, so that was kind of nice. But a lot's going on in news and notes. A lot of rumors are trickling down the system like piss down my leg after a long night of drinking. You want to kick us off with something here, Pasty? What, what, what have you heard through the grapevine of the sweet child of vine? Oh, well, you know, we've been talking about Mauro Ronaldo, and he's been out uh, due to his mental illness, uh, dealing with his bipolar issues. Um, and it turns out it is because or maybe because of JBL. And this week, quite a few people have surfaced with stories from the past of JBL hazing. Um, whether it's patting on the ass or, uh, or, or taking somebody's passport, leaving them stuck over in the UK, you know. Yeah, you know, JBL has been known, he's been notorious since the 90s. 
for being quite an asshole, um, some people call it bullying, some people call it tasing, some pe- or hazing, not tasing. It's a hell of a one, too. <laughs> um, some people call it joking or just being, you know, having locker room fun with the boys. Uh, he's got his ass kicked a lot of times because of it. Obviously, Mauro Ronaldo is not going to be one that's going to be able to come back with an ass kicking on him. I would like to see that. That's really for sure. I know um, Justin Roberts, he uh, he had a book out, and he's done interviews, and he has mentioned JBL by name. Ryback has brought up JBL's name. Uh, Alberto Del Rio has brought him up in the past. Um, Dave Meltzer has recently gone on record saying that he's he's heard many a story from many a superstar. And a lot of people say that they're scared to, to say anything about it because he is friends with a lot of higher-up people, and they, they feel that their job is at stake if they talk about him harassing them, now, which, now, you know. Now, 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 Mr. Fat Mac, there's two sides to every story. And this week alone, that guy was both there. Jerry the King Lawler and Eric Bischoff came forward and said they've never seen any hazing inside the WWE, any bullying whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> that I find hard to believe. <clears throat> but, you know, this is kind of a... Coming from those... Yeah, no shit. <laughs> this is kind of a gray area. This is pro wrestling. This isn't an office job. This isn't a tea party. There's gonna be hazing. There's gonna be joshing. There's gonna be fights. There's gonna be this shit happening. So it, it's almost, uh, you know... fueled guys. What do you expect? Man, it's like... Yeah, it's... Constantly, and that's what it is. And they can drink out... Where do you draw the line? I don't want to be the guy to say where you draw the line. I don't want to. Now, as a father of a child who has some mental issues, and as a guy who has many mental issues myself, um, you know, I feel for Marl. Um, I've had mental stuff get in the way of a job before. It's not a good feeling. I don't like it. So I feel bad for him on that end. I'm also the kind of person who thinks that if we let kids fight more nowadays, instead of protecting the shit out of them, they'd learn more life lessons and actually grow up to be better adults. Oh, yeah. So again, it's like, where, where do you, where do you draw the line? I don't want to be the person to draw the line. I see both sides of the story. Um, there should be some kind of spotlight on it now if it's costing people jobs. So somebody needs to look at it. WWE, as as they have brought up and we have brought up time and again, is a publicly traded company. So they got to follow by a few stricter rules than they used to in the good old days. But I'm, I don't want to be the one to draw the line. I'm going to say with this right now, my, my jury is out until we get more evidence. And um, I'm not a big fan of JBL on commentary, but he does his job. He's been with the company forever. Um, the hashtag fire JBL is a popular hashtag going around. I don't want to see him fired, and I don't want to see Morrow lose his job. Right, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but Morrow has taken um, all signs of working for the WWE off of his Twitter. So that is, it's, it's very up in the air right now. It is, it is. And if he parts ways with them, I wish him the best. He's a great sports announcer, and he, he he's going to fit in anywhere he goes. Oh, yeah. There's no problem there. Um, speaking of JBL, kind of caught a few people off guard that recently, on the latest edition of SmackDown Live, both JBL and Shane McMahon, at different parts of the show, praised former WWE uh, superstar and Hall of Famer Jimmy Snuka. And um, for those of you who don't know, 
Jimmy Snuckle, though he was never formally charged, he was arrested on third-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter um, and charges related to the 1983 death of his girlfriend, Nancy Argentino. There was a lot of history of abuse between them. He'd never gotten charged with anything. Vince McMahon got into it when it came to court way back in the 80s. And uh, most reports even say, say that Vince McMahon not only hired lawyers, but actually uh, had private talks with the judge at the time, which is very illegal, but that uh, he had private talks with the judge. Nothing came of it, although due to uh, uh, new advances in DNA, they were just bringing it back up again. Uh, He had gotten charged just recently, and he pleaded not guilty, but was later found unfit to stand trial after being diagnosed with dementia and charges were dropped on January 3rd, 2017, this year. Ironically, Snooka died just 12 days later of stomach cancer at the age of 73 in Pompano Beach, Florida. So, you know, the, the ironic thing is, even if even if they had said he was fit to stand trial, Nancy Argentino's family would never have got the closure to begin with. But this is a risk, again, due to WWE being a publicly traded company, this is risky grounds to be, you know, they, they won't mention Hulk Hogan, and he didn't kill anybody. He said a few things and did a few immoral things, but he didn't kill anyone. Uh, Benoit, they won't mention at all, and we know that he killed people. So this is another one of those gray areas. Never officially charged, but all but all but guaranteed that he did it. I mean, if he didn't do it, it's, it's an amazing feat for whoever did do it that they got away with it. Um, we got more on, uh, Alberto El Patron. Pasty, you want to let us in on some of this news here? Oh, this week, uh, Patron took to Periscope and released a handful of videos shooting on his relationship with WWE and, and, uh, most notably talking a lot of shit about Triple H and how he ran the show. I think that's where a lot of his issues lie. (laughs) But just, you know, talking about how they're trying to rip apart the family and trying to ruin his career. And even, I guess, WWE has recently asked him to return on Vince's behalf. Vince really likes his his uh, his character in the WWE. And, yeah, so they contacted him, asked him to come back again. And he said he would never, never, never go back to the WWE, which is pretty pretty obvious anyway i mean well don't forget though he said that before when he walked out due to racial slurs and he came running back pretty damn quickly as soon as that paycheck opened up um although with that being said when they brought him back they really wasted his talents and did nothing with him so hindsight yeah hindsight being 2020 he'd be smart not to go back to them but again they're not waving their paycheck in my face anytime soon so who knows Who am I? Who am I to say? Right. All I know is that in in wrestling, you can never say never. Bruno San Martino said he'd never be involved with WWE again. He did. The Warrior said he never would. He did. Bret Hart said he never would. He did. You know, I I'd be willing to bet at some point in the future, even if it's a decade down the road, Alberto El Patron slash Del Rio will be involved again in some way, shape, or form, and I'd willing to bet Page will also. 
And they'll have a match with uh, Cena and Nikki Bella at WrestleMania. They will, but it'll actually be the Miz and Maurice. But they will be billed as Cena and Nikki because they are now usurping Cena and Nikki as a whole. I like it. I hope they keep that gimmick going the entire time Cena and Nikki are gone, too. They play the role and Cena comes back like, oh, you think you're so much better than us. And why do you spend the last 12 months pretending to be us? Maybe this is Cena's out. This could be Cena's out. He, He proposed marriage to Nikki Bella, and now Cena and Maurice... Our Nikki and Cena, or uh, Miz and Maurice are Nikki and Cena, and they're already married. So technically, Cena has married Nikki Bella at this point right. in the WWE universe. <laughs> Cena got her, he found a way out, that sneaky bastard. There you go. All us men need to take a lesson from him. Holy shit. He is truly a man's man, that John Cena. <laughs> Speaking of finding a way out, Dean Ambrose didn't find a way out. He found his way further down the rabbit hole. Uh, word has sprung up this week that Dean Ambrose and Renee Young have gotten married. WWE is obviously trying to keep it quiet. I wonder why. <laughs> um, there are reports out here now that Vince McMahon is the key reason why they are not allowed to discuss Dean Ambrose and Renee Young getting married. And it has a lot to do with a couple we just talked about. And I am not talking about Ms. Maurice. Apparently Vince doesn't want Dean and, and and Renee's marriage to overshadow John Cena and Nikki Bella's engagement, which is uh, petty and ridiculous, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, just, just petty and ridiculous. Very much so. But, I mean, you can tell it's a real thing. Um, obviously, Dean was allowed to wear his wedding ring uh, in, in the ring. You've, you've seen him with it on. That's kind of how the reports came out. People noticed him wearing a wedding ring. People started tweeting, talking about it. On Talking Smack, Renee Young was keeping her hands below the table as much as possible. But Kevin Owens outed her. He came in and he said, congratulations. And everybody shut up. Now, <laughs> there was Daniel Bryan, Renee Young, and Shane McMahon, and everybody shut up. And then Owen said, you know, I'm saying congratulations. And uh, Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, whichever way you want to call him, he piped up and he was, well, of course, because we have the champion on our show. And he's like, no, Renee, you know why. Or is this something we're not talking about? And, and Shane McMahon just quick, he's like, <laughs> Shane, Shane McMahon jumps in. We're not talking about this. This is, we're just, let's move on. Let's move on. Kevin Owens being the fucking Kevin Steen that he is, you can take the Steen out of Owens. No, you can take the Owens out of Steen, but you cannot take the Steen out of Owens. He looks straight at Shane and he says, well, I'm talking about it. What are you going to do? Oh, shit. And you can tell this was just, this was not, if this was written, all three of them fuckers were, all four of them even, were, were doing the best acting job they've done their entire careers. Holy shit. So after a little bit of awkward, eh, oh, eh, oh, Kevin Owens says, all right, we'll just forget about it. <laughs> and he moves along. So there is a real issue of them not being able to talk about it. Now, whether it actually is Vince McMahon, whether it's Dean and, and Renee wanting to just keep their private life private. Again, I don't know. But it seems like a very Vince McMahon thing to do. 
Hey, that's a great way for Kevin Owens to join SmackDown, though. That's that's awesome. <laughs> great right jump off on the right foot. Holy shit. I love it. For any of our listeners who have not seen that segment, uh, Talking Smack is only an hour long. Well worth it. To me, Talking Smack is the best hour of WWE entertainment each week. Um, arguably, NXT, NXT has its off days and its on days. Talking Smack is well worth a watch. But even if you don't watch that, find that segment on YouTube. Kevin Owens, Talking Smack, 4-11-2017. It's worth it. It is worth it. Yeah, Talking Smack is definitely one of my favorite shows. I do have to watch more Raw Talk, but that's a lot harder to find on the network than Talking Smack is. I don't watch Raw Talk um, because after three hours of Raw, I don't need need another another hour of Raw. Right. (laughs) I totally agree. All right. So in in the Superstar Shake-Up this week, man, there was a lot of injuries that occurred. A lot of botched moves. Um, I'm going to start off talking about the match between Nia Jax and Charlotte. Their last match on Monday Night Raw. It was a pretty good match until the botches started. Nia Jax botched two moves by Charlotte and could have caused her a very serious injury. As a matter of fact, it looked like she took some pretty serious injury. I'm surprised she didn't have burns on her face the way Finn Balor did. <laughs> but, uh... No, Nia Jax. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out that she botched one move, and one move just didn't go off as planned. I've rewatched it both, and uh, she definitely botched what was supposed to be a shoulder breaker. Yeah, that shoulder breaker. That um, was pretty wicked. Dropping. She basically right basically neck. ended up just doing a, a gut buster. So so what it was is Nia Jax had Charlotte over Nia's shoulder. And what she's supposed to do is come down and bring Charlotte's shoulder onto Nia's knee in what would be a shoulder breaker move. What kind of ends up happening is she more drops down and kind of gives a gut buster to Charlotte where she didn't really pull Charlotte forward at all and just kind of kind of squished Charlotte's gut on Nia's shoulder. And then she dropped her head first on the ground. Um, thank heavens to Charlotte's uh, quote-unquote natural ability. She seemed to roll through it decent enough to where she avoided any serious injury. Definitely a botch on Nia's part. <laughs> exactly. Now, the next move that I think you're referring to, because it's what uh, everybody's been talking about, uh, Nia's on the outside of the ring, and Charlotte goes for her moonsault off of the top turnbuckle. Yep. And Nia do- or, uh, Charlotte just doesn't quite make it all the way to Nia, and what happens is Charlotte's feet kind of hit Nia's shoulder and head, and then Charlotte comes down in what, what if, if Nia was performing a move, would be called a wheelbarrow slam, where almost like Nia would be holding Charlotte's feet and slamming her face first. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlotte came down face first, basically, uh, onto the mat. She had her hands out. She didn't bust her face open or nothing. But that move, I really don't think you can put on Nia, and I don't think you can put it on Charlotte. That's a, a common botch for a moonsault that happens pretty often and basically to me all it is is charlotte just either didn't get far enough out there or naya just wasn't close enough in i don't know if you can blame that on on either superstar as an actual botch i kind of feel like it was was due to nature um i feel like both naya and charlotte are both pretty tall women you know and i think with both of them being so tall it made for very little room for error you know what i mean 
You know, that's, that's actually a good point that I didn't think of. That's actually a good point. There's not as much not as much mathematical air difference in between for them to get to the sum of that. Um, fuck, that was going good until I lost track of uh, okay, mathematical okay. words. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> all math for you guys next week in our brand new segment. We'll have a video <laughs> with chalkboards and whiteboards and all kinds of crazy equations and shit that I don't even know about. Break it down to the no, we're we're going to get circumferences and radiuses and, and pi to the to the fifth power. Only the fifth power. <laughs> pi to the fifth power. That'd be a good title for a fifth podcast episode. Damn it. Damn it. I'll change it. Oh. The show. <laughs> so there was, uh, there was more botches and injuries. Um, Finn Balor Man, may actually have lost. suffered a concussion. This is making me like Jinder Mahal even more, though. I don't know why, but I've oh my gosh, on me these last these last few weeks. He's like a he's fucking tumor on some kind of crazy <laughs> steroids that he's passing tests. Because he said he's been he said he's been UA three times since he's been back, and he's passed every time. Yeah, yep, but I buy look it. Look no, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of legal shit that you can use though. There's a lot of legal shit. I don't know. Is that ordinary humans' veins do not look like garden hoses. <laughs> That's all I know. Great. That's all I'm saying on that. <laughs> but, uh, no, so let us in on this. Let us in on this. Came at Finn Balor with an elbow and just rocked him in the temple. You could, you could see Finn Balor's skull shake around inside of his head on the slow mo playback. It was pretty epic to see. Finn Balor was knocked unconscious very obviously because at the end of the match he stood up and he had rug burn all over his face. You know, and this is not what they would call a stiff hit. A stiff hit means that they purposely are going hard at each other. This was a fuck up. He was not prepared for that. Definitely not prepared for that. Finn Balor has had such a such bad luck with injuries that hopefully this is just something he can shake off and uh doesn't affect him any i hope so you know WWE maybe uh maybe said anything about it so hopefully hopefully he'll be there i mean it would suck it would suck for him to be out again for any amount of time because he's losing definitely constantly he's not going to be able to make a big comeback you know if he's injured again right away right right we haven't even got to see the demon back yet right let us at least see the demon back before he gets injured again. Uh, more, more injuries we have now. We got um, Kofi Kingston. Um, he is out. Kayfabe, he's out due to the uh, beatdown uh, post-match by the Revival on last week's Raw. Um, in reality, he's actually going to be out due to a long-needed ankle surgery. Um, he's needed this for a while. It hasn't been severe enough where he needed it, needed it immediately. Sounds like they wanted to get them through WrestleMania and have the WrestleMania hosts and all that before they brought him out. So he's going to be out for ankle surgery about a month or so, depending on how recovery goes. This is planned. This isn't something that happened. This wasn't a botch or an injury like that. Although it did lead to one of the more uh, interesting segments on Raw this week. Uh, we had Big E, 
humping a blow-up doll of Kofi Kingston in the middle of the ring. Yes, indeed. Man, they get, they get I, a little bit more R-rated every week, I feel like. I'm thinking he's just trying to compete with Xavier. Like He's like, Xavier, I can make a not-real person look better than you made Paige look during the sex, okay? This is how you do it. New Day Rocks. New Day Rocks. And yes, folks, I'm doing the dance while I'm, I'm, I'm chanting that, just to let is, you know. I can see it on video. <laughs> and I'm naked. He is, he is shirtless. He's at least topless, at least. Oh, there's, I'm I'm less than topless, my man. <laughs> oh, do we got any more rumors, or is that the end of it? Holy shit, there's more, isn't there? There's there's lots more, man. Uh, I suppose we can get into my weekly update on Glenn Jacobs' campaign for mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, which you made a very good point to me earlier today. Yeah, um, I find it odd, and, and I found this because a couple people brought it up to me who aren't wrestling fans, and I just happen to be talking about stuff. I'm not sure how things work in Tennessee, but in most parts of the world, mayors are for towns, and counties get commissioners. So um, everything I've seen, read, and all the videos say Glenn Jacobs for Knox County Mayor. So uh, any folks listening to us from down in Tennessee, maybe the Knox County area, you want to shoot us an email, you want to uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, you want to leave comments uh, below wherever you're listening to this, hit us up on Twitter, let us know. What, what, what's going on? Is there, is there mayors for a whole county? Is this a, a normal thing there? I'm from the South, so it's not like this is just a Southern thing. Um, I've lived in both Virginia and Florida, so I, I kind of know the area, and I find this odd. But what is our weekly update, Pasty White, on the Glenn Jacobs campaign trail? Yes, indeed. Uh, better known as Kane from the WWE, a brother to The Undertaker. Glenn Jacobs, the man behind the mask. No, the man behind the man behind the mask. The man behind the man behind the suit behind the mask. (laughs) Released the video this week. Uh, It's his first campaign video. And I think it was extremely well done. You you could tell he's using all of his experience as a professional wrestler and being around like people like Mick Foley to his greatest. Because he starts off the video standing in a beautiful park with some like flowering trees behind him talking about how in my career I've traveled all over the world, but I've never been to a place as beautiful as Knox County, Tennessee. Just <laughs> classic. Going for the cheap pops, just pandering. pandering yeah, to that's, that's, pandering to that's definitely using some of that pro wrestling experience there. Oh yeah. And it's a short and sweet video, but the next thing I noticed is Glenn Jacobs' campaign logo is a flame, a red flame, a single red flame. And his campaign slogan is lighting the way to our future. Man, I love it. I hope he wears the mask if he gets the job. Like, he gets the job as Glenn Jacobs and then puts the mask back on. <laughs> and then torches. By God, the demon has returned! Torches all in Knox County. I, you know what I want? I want it to. I yeah, that would be great. The town's name is Knox County. I I hope that there is a a a tie, 
and and they have to do a a recount. But instead of doing a recount, whoever's going against Glenn Jacobs challenges him to an inferno match. <laughs> this is coming down to you and me in the flames, buddy. Light the way now, bitch. <laughs> you know, since I have uh, spoken on this every week since it's came up, I figure I'm going to give our listeners a little bit of Glenn Jacobs every single week. We're going to help to get him elected, and then he'll owe us an interview. He'll owe it to us. Oh, man. Yeah. He's, you know, he's doing what he's doing. He's doing it the right way. Uh, especially, you got to figure down in Tennessee, you're going to have a lot of wrestling fans. You know. So he's he's paying. Oh, yeah, it's southern territory. The question is, is, is which way is it going to go? Is he going to is he going to be successful and join the ranks of uh, people like Jesse Ventura, Brian Blair, Linda McMahon, Nikolai Volkov, Rick Steiner? Or is he going to come up short like Bob, oh, Backlund, oh, oh. <laughs> Bob Backlund, Jerry Lawler and Rhino? No, um, and all these people, they, they're not mayors. They're not all necessarily high ranking government officials. Uh, Rick Steiner was just on the... On Although the- Jesse Ventura was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesse Ventura was. Yeah, Rick, uh, Jesse Ventura was our governor, which is yeah. which is quite a feat. That's a pretty big That's a pretty big one. Yeah, no, when I was looking up people who made it in politics, I was expecting to see more like Jesse Ventura, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you know, like Nikolai Volkov was a county code enforcement officer. Rick Steiner was Cherokee County, Georgia's school board, you know, so little, little successes, but I qualified it nonetheless. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I think he's doing the right thing by embracing his pro wrestling. He can't hide it. Everybody's going to know it. Um, his, his opponents are going to try to use it against him. So he just has to go for it. I think if he never would have took off the mask, right? What he looks like. No, it should be good, and I, I, I'm looking forward to covering this campaign. I'm not a big politics guy, but I'm really looking forward to covering this campaign. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm glad you're keeping up on it. I, I haven't kept up on it, so you're you're kind of our man on the campaign trail, and, and I thank you for that, and I appreciate your correspondence every week, and I think everybody in Knox County, Tennessee, all 17 people, I think, uh, appreciate it also. <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. I don't know how many people live in the town of Knox County. <laughs> the town of Knox County and the county of Knox. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what else have we got? Oh, man. Um, let me see here. Well, uh, let's get off of WWE for one second. Cause I only found one thing outside of WWE worth really talking about that this week. And that is All right. masters and Matt Morgan made their debut on impact wrestling. Isn't this not the first time they've debuted on Impact? Yes, wrestling? they did. <laughs> they've been there before. No. Um, Yes, and Matt Morgan has always been billed a future champion. He has always come up short. Um, I I see nothing but great things. I love Matt Morgan as a wrestler. I think he's good on the mic, not great. 
I think he's great in the ring. Not only does he have the size, but he has the ability. He has the look. Um, the same can be said about Chris Masters, uh, most known for his master lock. Uh, he's a good uh, amateur wrestler. I've never really been a big Chris Masters fan. He's kind of the jacked up steroid guy. He does I mean, he does good, and and I'm I'm looking forward to see what either of these two can do on Impact. I'm glad to see Impact is doing more with some of their own guys, some people they've had before. They're trying to pave their own way. I still wish the best for Impact Wrestling. I haven't gotten to catch up on them. I'm months behind on their programming. Yeah, um, with everything else we have to do, you know. And until until we get uh, piles and piles of emails telling us to, to talk more about Impact, um, that's basically on you, our listeners. If you want to hear what we're talking about now, that's what you're going to hear. If you're interested in Impact, we'll find a way to get more Impact into our daily diet of, of debauchery. But until then, you, you, you're going to get these little snippets here and there. I keep up on the news. I watch a handful of matches every now and then when I hear of something good. That's that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. And I think, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. In our Uh-oh. Rick Flair was kicked out of a bar in Indiana for disorderly conduct and insulting a bartender, saying, quote, lose some weight. Don't give me that shit when the bartender tried to cut him off. I don't know too terribly much wow. about this. It's probably an average day in the life of Ric Flair, if you think about it. Uh, you know. Wheeling yeah, these Flair. reports come pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ric Flair's not going to stop drinking anytime soon. He knows what he's doing. Gotta get yeah. Out of a bar every once in a while. Yeah, that you know, if, if he's known for anything other than wrestling, it's for sleeping with women and getting drunk, and usually they're in the same sentence. <laughs> right, right. It looked like it was a pretty small bar, and it was during the day. There was daylight pouring in through the windows. So that's, you know, whatever. Do what you get. Hey, day drinking is the best drinking. That's how this podcast got its legs. I mean, really. We weren't always Shit, yeah. live at 8 p.m. No, we were there at 8 a.m. chugging our beers just for you listeners. Just for you. We got no enjoyment out of it whatsoever. I do think that that about wraps up our uh, current events for this week. What else we got? Yeah, I don't really have anything else from the rumor mill there. Um, do you think it's time to uh, let them in on our new segment that we're working on? Yeah, I think so. It is well, folks at work. A little segment where we... Last week we gave you the hot tag. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Pasty. Go ahead. Bring us in. Go ahead, sir. All right. All right, so last week we gave you the hot tag. This week we are giving you shooting at work. This is a new segment that we're working on where we are going to highlight a certain wrestler or team or group or possibly personality, might not be an actual active wrestler, and we're going to give you our bare bones, bare knuckles, naked feelings 
on these individuals. We'll give you the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. We're going to lay it all out there. We're not going to hold nothing back. You know, we might have very good and bad things to say about some things. We might have nothing but dirt to bury on some folks. You don't know. It might just depend on our mood today or how much we've been drinking. Um, we'll give you a little recap of their history, where they're at right now, and let you know why we feel the way that we feel. Yes, indeed. Pull no punches. That's how we always been. Holy shnikes. So uh, this week on our inaugural episode of Shooting at Work, we are talking about the Usos. Usos. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you a little, a little short, little recap of their where they came from, history, and all that, and then we're just gonna lay into them, no holds barred, as it would be. Um, the Usos are a Samoan tag unsanctioned. So that means it's really just not going to be that big, huh? R- right, yeah. Yeah, I was really disappointed. You had to bring back that unsanctioned thing that really disappointed me. Now I'm sad. I'm going to drink a beer. <laughs> uh, the Usos, they are a Samoan tag team comprised of real-life twins, Jonathan and Joshua Fatu. Wait, uh, you know them as Jimmy and Jay duplicated this whole time. I thought it was one person playing both roles. I thought it was Glenn Jacobs playing one of them like he did when he did the fake cane, but maybe not because he's in the mayoral campaign for Knox County. (laughs) Um, you know him as Jimmy and Jay respectively. Jonathan is Jimmy. Joshua is Jay. They are the sons of WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi, which wasn't brought up a lot uh, in their tenure, but they did induct him into the Hall of Fame. So it was kind of let out there, at least to the to the average fan, they kind of let that all out there. They were trained at the Wild Samoan Training Center under their father and their many uncles who were all involved in the WWE. They debuted in Florida Championship Wrestling. Now, this was back when that was WWE's developmental system. Down there, they won the FCW Tag Team titles one time before they were actually called up to WWE. Correct, Pasty. That is pre-NXT. That was FCW days. Well, a lot of the stars you know today had their starts, like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins started out there. A lot of them got their start in FCW before NXT was that. If you remember, NXT used to be a kind of reality show that was just god-awful yeah, oh yeah. that I couldn't watch. Um, just like tough enough. So yeah, yeah, that's basically what it was. It was basically just tough enough, and then they got rid of. Then they turned NXT into its own show, and then they brought in tough enough again, and nobody watched that. <laughs> and now they got nothing. Neither of those two guys <laughs> from Tough Enough are even still in. I don't think. No. The so the the Usos' first appearance in WWE was on Monday Night Raw on May twenty fourth, two thousand ten. So it's been about seven years since they made their WWE debut. They've been here almost a decade. Uh, they're a staple now, you could say. They debuted as heels, which, in all honesty, until I went back and started uh, researching them again, I had completely forgot they started out as heels. That, that I was like, oh, hey, I kind of remember this. Um, the Hart Dynasty had just beat one of their makeshift tag teams WWE had back then. They really only had one tag team. 
that was the Hart Dynasty. All the other tag teams were like singles wrestlers. They would kind of toss together, and 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 they didn't mesh well. They didn't have chemistry, and nobody gave a shit about them. And then they'd split them up in like a month or two, anyways. So, so the Hart Dynasty was was the tag team. And uh, they had just beat one of the teams. I don't even remember who it was. Um, and and uh, the Usos and Tamina Snuka came down out of nowhere. You didn't see them come down the ramp. You didn't see anything. They kept all the cameras on the ring. And in jumped these, these three colored folks, if you will, to beat down these good white people. Uh, <laughs> and they beat down David Hart Smith, Tyson Kidd, and Natalia. Um, all three... Of of the attackers who were nameless at that time, performed a <laughs> splash on the respective heart members. Uh, albeit after one of the Usos stumbled trying to get onto the turnbuckle. So the next week they cut a promo acting as stereotypically black as they could. Now keep in mind these these guys aren't the Rock. They don't have black in their lineage. Right. They're not African American. They're they're Samoan all the way. But man, if WWE didn't portray them as gangsters, um, and they were saying, and I quote, "As of now, we got the whole world tripping, straight tripping." Uh, it was ridiculous. That's they bring up their lineage, <laughs> right? Because they tripping. The whole <laughs> oh man, I just heard a story about uh about how the sa- uh how the Sandman had took LSD before a stairway to hell match against Sabu and ECW, and thought he was Godzilla. God, that was funny. <laughs> but anyways, I'm getting off subject here. <laughs> um, uh, after the beatdown and and during and during this uh this ghetto. Uh, promo they were doing they brought up their lineage as far as the wild Samoans they did not talk about Rikishi or the Rock at this point at all they didn't bring up any other names other than the wild Samoans they were also really into expensive and fashionable designer clothing at this point in their gimmick that was kind of their thing and I guess that kind of goes with the trying to be urban and hip and ghetto and whatever um (laughs) They they came out and uh, the next week, and they attacked. They 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 did another promo, and uh, they were talking about how. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting lost. They did another promo. The Hart Dynasty ran out to them, and uh, attacked them. Although the Usos and Tamina again beat them down, they again did their tri splash onto the Hart Dynasty. After the Hart Dynasty ran out, and again, one of the Usos had trouble, and he just kind of fell onto D.H. Smith. Uh, these guys weren't quite the high flyers that they would eventually evolve into at this point. Their first pay-per-view was in 2010. It was a fatal four-way pay-per-view, one of the dumb gimmick pay-per-views they had to have back in the day. And at this point, the announcers again pushed that they have college degrees and wear nice clothes and don't wear grass skirts or face paint. They're more civilized than that. Which, considering how their gimmick did a U-turn following their face turn, they find pretty ironic how they just buried that heritage. (laughs) 2012, WWE cut cut ties with FCW and uh, turned NXT into their developmental, as we had discussed. And at that time, the Usos kind of split their time between the main roster and NXT, 
when they were on WWE TV, they were kind of low tier mid carders, but on NXT, they were bona fide stars. They even feuded with the Ascension, which back then was Connor and Cameron, not Connor and Victor, before uh, Cameron ended up having to leave due to uh, wellness violations, I believe. And uh, in 2013, they donned the face paint and grass skirts that they had degraded and admitting to detesting in the past, uh, very similar to their uncle Umaga, who at that time was still alive and very well. They spent a year vying for and failing to capture the tag titles until the March 3rd, 2014, when they actually beat the recently returned New Age Outlaws for their first taste of gold in WWE, and they've kind of maintained a spot at the top of the tag team division, either as their champions or contenders. Um, In recent turns, in 2016, on September 6th episode of SmackDown Live, the Usos viciously assaulted American Alpha after losing to them in just 28 seconds in a semifinal tournament match to become the inaugural SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions, which many folks thought the Usos were going to win that. Um, I was one of them that thought there was a good chance the Usos were going to win that. I was hoping they didn't, but I thought they would. This had marked the first time since 2011 five years earlier that the Usos were heels in WWE. And that folks is why I had forgot they came in as heels. Cause it's been a half a decade since we've seen them as heels recently on the March 21st episode of SmackDown live. They defeated American alpha to win the SmackDown live tag team championships, making them the only tag team in WWE to have held both the SmackDown tag titles and the raw tag titles as the raw tag titles were their first two title reigns. So, with that little summary there and a few little uh, hiccups, because words just, just change in front of me for some reason. It's like magic. Penis is flying at me almost. Pasty, uh, <laughs> uh, what is your feelings on the Usos? Uh, what, what were your feelings in the past? What are your feelings currently? What do you Just tell us how you feel. Let it out. Let us be your therapist. I missed their, their debut. I missed their their little run in uh, NXT and FCW. Um, but when I came back into watching wrestling, I really liked them. I they're they're fast paced, they're high flyers, they're twins, they're they're siblings. They work really well together most of the time. I was big on them for a long time, and then they were the only thing going in the tag team division, and they they got stale to me. They got so stale to me. And then that was about the time the New Day was coming up and actually making people entertained. And so I didn't, I stopped giving any fucks about the Usos at all. (laughs) They were stale. I don't know. When it's hard when you're the best tag team in a division that doesn't have anybody. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. It's hard to stay relevant. And, yeah, it's just, they got wore out. Um, But since they lost the titles and, and New Day's epically long tag team title reign, I've, I've started coming back to the Usos. I'm happy to see that they've won the SmackDown tag team titles. They deserve it. Um, Kind of weird, I guess, the way they brought up American Alpha to just pass the titles off to the Usos. But, you know, we were both talking about it, and they need to make their, their comeback in order to, to remain relevant in the company. 
Yeah, agreed. So now, you know, I don't hate them anymore. I'm not ignoring them. I'm not, I'm still not big on them. I, I, I don't like the fact that they were heels and then they won the, won the championships and they were on Talking Smack as faces all of a sudden. Like yeah, we had discussed that. We we didn't enjoy that at all. I I agree again there. Um. Uh. Any, anything else? So I think I think they'll go down to be a, a Hall of Fame caliber tag team. They're gonna definitely be remembered fo- more fondly than what I the way I remember them. Um. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I would really like to see them do some stuff with the Hardys. And I'm very disappointed that they're not on the same show. It would cement the, their legacy as brothers and 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 how brothers perform as a tag team. I don't know. I think it'll still happen. Because yeah. like, like, like the rumors say, Vince wants to have the superstar shake up twice a year. Once after Mania and once after SummerSlam, potentially. So you never know. Yep. How about you, sir? Um, good points. Very good points. You know, I I had sh- just gotten back into watching wrestling a little before they had debuted, and I wasn't watching religiously. I do remember them coming in. Um, I remembered at the time I was more interested in Tamina, which as time went on, I've, I've become much less interested in her. She's now drafted to SmackDown, and I don't even give a shit, really. Um, yeah, we'll get more on that. They really kind of screwed her and gave her a fuck you in the ass when they when they announced her. But we'll talk about that at the shakeup. Um, I didn't like them when they first came in. They came in as, as um, just the over-the-top wannabe gangsta kind of shit that in 2010 was already well played out. Oh, yeah. Well played out. Um, again, I find it ironic that they were so against how they they, they weren't savages and they, they were more civilized than, than the grass skirts and face paints. And then they come out chanting Samoan chants in grass skirts and face paint. Um, I, I love their talent. They're very talented individuals. They're okay on the mic. They're definitely not great on the mic, but they are okay on the mic. Like you said, they have that that brother bond that that helps a tag team out. They I, I don't care what you say, but certain tag teams who either have been together forever or as brothers, you said the Hardys, you got the Steiners, you know, um that's even the only the brothers, brothers I can think like, of right well, now. Even, even the fake brothers, like <laughs> and the, the Dudley brothers and stuff yeah. like that. But like I said, people that have tagged forever, they kind of, they, they don't even have to say. They just kind of know what each one's thinking and doing, and they work so well together. And the Usos have that. Uh, when they first started, they I, I think they were called up too early. They were green. Like I had mentioned, they were botching spots, and they, they just weren't performing great. And I think that didn't help them. But they got over huge when they turned face, when they started the, ooh, so, which also another thing in in researching the Usos for this segment, it always bothers me how they call everybody Us, and I had even made a joke about it with you before, like, dude, I should just start calling everybody Water, <laughs> shit like that, because I'm just going to take the first part of my last name and call people that, and apparently Uso is Simone for brother. 
So, so basically, they're calling people bro, which I dig that. I think that's cool. Um, I didn't know that. They don't really explain it, I don't think. So it comes off odd, but I think that's cool. I I like what they've done. They they have talent. Like you said, they are future Hall of Famers. At this point right now, they're future Hall of Famers. I think their lineage alone puts them as future Hall of Famers. They've got the tag titles to back it up. You are right. They were. I, I do not like that just because of a lineage, you're supposed to be qualified as a Hall of Famer. I do not like that aspect of it at all. I feel like they should have. Like it or not, it. Then the way the company. Like it or not, it's happening. Oh, I you know. know. I know. WWE is all about beating um, superstars. It's it's a genetic experiment. So, um, um, I agree. They they got really stale there, and again, it probably wasn't their fault. WWE was doing horrible in the tag team division at the time, at a time when Ring of Honor and and uh, TNA were just blossoming with tag teams. WWE really didn't care about tag teams, uh, honestly. Like I like I had said at the time that they debuted, there wasn't much for tag teams. It was just the Hart Dynasty, and it, it kind of faltered there for a while, where there wasn't really much other than the Usos. So that's not their fault. I their gimmick works. I like the the chanting and the tribal and bringing your heritage into it. I've always been a fan of 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 exemplifying your heritage and being proud of your heritage. You know, um, after a while there, when Rain started taking a downturn in popularity, it really started hurting the Usos. And the sad part is, it was just shortly after they kind of started the quote-unquote family um, stable that they were working with, which was going to be um, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and the Usos. And it was supposed to be that they were all family because Roman and Dean were like brothers and the Usos are cousins to Reigns. And and that then everybody hated Roman. And again, that wasn't Roman's fault either. That's all on WWE and Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. So that's that's another topic for another time that we could go go on for an hour about. But it hurt them, and it hurt them a lot. And the best thing that WWE could have done was turn them heel. They did do it. I'm interested to see how they handle it because, as you mentioned, they're not staying kayfabe on the heel stuff. And when you're a heel, you just got to be – look at Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, I, I almost always come back to him when I'm talking about how a heel should work. But in this day and age, in, in WWE at least, he is exemplifying, exemplifying, he's not frying, he's exemplifying what heel should be. Um, he knows how to do it. He pushes all the right buttons. He does it at the risk of, of professionally getting uh, slapped on the wrist. Oh, yeah. And... Um, when they come in there and they're like, oh man, it's so great to be champs and oh, we've worked so hard. And, and when, when Daniel Bryan's like, you guys deserved it and I'm glad to see you champs. You can't do that. You can't do that. You come in with. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we just lost Mr. Waterfield. I'm still here. I think what Bubba was saying. This has never happened before. Where are you? But I think what uh, what Mr. Waterfield was saying was Kevin Owens is the personification of what it takes to be a grade A heel. He will go to any limits, to any lengths, 
to keep everything as it should be. Welcome back. Hey! Um, sorry, I got drunk and passed out. <laughs> hey. I got winded. I was talking so much that I lost oxygen. Five episodes um, in, and this is the first time we've had a real technical issue. It's not not a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> I apologize. I'm not sure where I, where I ended off. What, what, what was the last thing I was kind of talking about, about there? How Kevin Owens was like the personification of a perfect deal. Oh, there you go. And, and he is. And the Usos need to come in. They need to, uh, when they came on that talking smack and they were talking about how, oh, we worked so hard and we're so happy to get it. And Daniel Bryan was telling them that they were, you know, oh, you guys deserved it and I'm happy you came. No. What they needed to do was come in, slam their titles on the desk in front of Daniel Bryan and say, we deserved these six months ago. You held us back. We're finally taking it. We're not giving them up. You can't stop us. The Usos are back and we're staying on top. Something like that. They they need to just carry that heel persona through. And I don't know that they have it in them. I think they're too fun-loving and giddy um, that maybe they need a manager. Maybe they can bring in a, an old Samoan and, and manage them. Maybe Rikishi comes in. Rikishi uh, wasn't the best heel either, but he was an okay talker. Um, you know, I, I, I like what – I like where they can go. And I like the heel direction. I just think that somebody needs to sit down with them. Dusty Rhodes isn't there anymore. God bless his soul. But somebody needs to sit down with them and and, and teach them how to be heel. And just say, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to avoid. Uh, my take on the Usos, even if they didn't have the lineage, they'd be Hall of Famers um, in the long run. But I think that they're... I think they're going to be remembered better than they were, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that that's exactly what I was getting at when I was talking about them. I definitely feel like they're going to be re- better, remembered far better than they they actually are. But I, I yeah, think it's happens, not always a bad thing. A lot of people. I think I think a lot of people. Oh God, look at the ultimate warrior. <laughs> Nobody has anything good to say about him, and then he passed away, and apparently he was the greatest fucking guy under the sun. Yeah. Fuck you. WWE's own Michael Jackson. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, um, not the best tag team in the world. Definitely not the worst. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with the rest of their careers. Yeah. And then I don't know if uh, the one is still with... Um, uh, uh, who was he with? Um, I think Naomi, yeah, and she's she's SmackDown champion, so I mean, maybe they could even do something with her at some point down the road, you know? Yeah. Y- you never know. The possibilities are endless. Very much so. And they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They're not going to be jumping ship to Ring of Honor or TNA or anything like that anytime soon. They're no. staying in WWE for their tenure. They're WWE boys. They're not going nowhere. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, should we talk a little about Raw and SmackDown? I guess we could do that. I mean, there's there's some some stuff to talk about this week. There's a little bit here and there. Um, Raw, I really liked the the opening when Miz and Maurice came out as Cena and Nikki. Uh, I like that they're they're keeping this going for now, as you had talked about earlier. They're they're still running with it up to today. 
Might as well. And then Dean... It's working. Yeah, yeah, it, it works. Miz, it... Miz is basically playing the role of Damian Sandow when he was the Miz's sidekick, except now he's doing it for Cena as a heel. And it's beautiful. And, and one night in Raw, I loved Dean Ambrose better than I have for the last six months of SmackDown. <laughs> he came in, he walks up... Oh my gosh, Cena, Nikki, I'm so happy to see you. I thought I wasn't going to know anybody here. I'm so glad you're here. And, and Miz had to explain to him that he wasn't actually John Cena, that he was the Miz playing John Cena. I thought that was awesome. I loved it. It was corny and campy, but I think in the right way. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's what they need to do. And I think that's just that's another. I think that's another little piece of Matt Hardy that kind of surfaced there. You know, play it up like this. Make it a joke. I really wish that there were cameras in the back at the exact moment when Dean Ambrose said, I didn't think I was going to know anybody here to see Roman and Seth Rollins' face in the back when he said that. Like, (laughs) what What the fuck? What do you mean? (laughs) Uh, That was great. Um, you know, uh, one thing we have to bring up. Well, man, you know what? I'll save this for the superstar shakeup. I, I won't bring this one up yet. Um, Seth Rollins did really good coming out, talking about how uh, we did it at WrestleMania. Um, and glad that, I'm glad they got him. Yeah, and I'm glad they did. They should have had him return as babyface originally, and they didn't. They had him do the heel thing. It just, just didn't work. Um, he, he put over. He, he got over. Triple H, which which was awesome. Um, you know, he, he said it would be so much easier to go to SmackDown and not be public enemy number one, but he wants to stay in Raw. And Angle came out and said, hey, as long as I'm general manager, you have a home in Raw. And, of course, Joe comes out and attacks Rollins from behind, continues that, um, you know, as, as, as lackadaisical as Joe has been recently and as disappointed as I've been at, on his main roster work, I, I think when we get Seth Rollins and Joe in a pay-per-view match, I think they're going to be printing money from the sweat they drop. Oh, I think it's just going to be leaving gold in the ring. Very much so. I, I'm waiting so much for it. I, I can't wait for it. It was good to see that Samoa Joe didn't um, stay over on, on Rollins for very long when he ambushed him either. Seth Rollins got up and, and fought back pretty quickly. And Joe ended up running away. Yeah, yeah. They both um they both came off looking as they should. Joe came came off looking as a strong and, and, and sneaky heel. And Rollins came off looking as a strong and overcoming babyface. And the, the exact roles that they are, they portrayed. And you don't see that a lot in WWE. Now that I think about it too, while well, we're on the topic of Seth Rollins, um, I did see a video this week where at a house show he debuted what could be a new finishing maneuver. Um, it was a tag team match. It was Rollins and Jericho versus Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. And okay. And in the match, there was a whole bunch of spot segments, just back and forth. Everybody was getting taken out by every other, everybody else, or whatever. Um, Seth Rollins. I love it. Behind Samoa Joe, grabs him by the arm, spins him around, and when he spins around to face Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins hits him with the knee to the face, like like the one where he broke Cena's nose with. I could like oh, that. Like his like jumping his, knee strike. Yeah, like, but with a ripcord to it. 
so there's more momentum from the other guy coming into it. Kind of, kind of like the uh, kind of like the the rainmaker um, uh, clothesline that 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 um, uh, Kazuchiko Okada uses over in New Japan, like that. I, I can dig it. Instead of doing the running off the ropes, you you throw him in with your arm and hit the knee strike. I I could dig it because hey, Kazuchika Okada who some of you listeners may not know, but is honestly probably the best wrestler out there right now at this time, um, arguably, but he's definitely in the, in, in the talks, the top three. This guy's finisher is the Rainmaker clothesline. Now, this guy makes a clothesline look and feel like a finisher. Not since Stan the Lariat Hansen, who some some of you folks might need to look him up, old time name, long time legend, but uh, not since Stan Hansen have we seen a clothesline look so vicious. And I I'm sorry JBL, but I'm standing by that. Yours has nothing on the Rainmaker, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like a, a pull in knee to the to the face. Um, it doesn't it doesn't involve as much setup. I like that when you can make a move happen close counters like that instead of having the setup where you're running against the ropes or the other guy is i have not seen that match i haven't heard about it till you said it but that yeah that sounds interesting yeah yeah and you know we might never see it on tv it was a dark match uh fans we were just lucky enough to that a fan caught it on camera from the right angle to be able to even tell that it was a finisher but he did pin after it and won the match right so it was used as a finisher and and an effective finisher at that um, well, you know, that's one of the nice things for folks that don't go out and see house shows and they only want to get tickets to Raw or SmackDown or the pay-per-views. Sometimes the house shows are where you're going to see stuff that they won't allow on WWE TV. They get to get away with a lot more in the house shows than they get away with on TV. So if you can if you can catch some cheap tickets to the house show, go and do it and check it out. And you might see something that folks aren't going to get to see on TV. Like Just Sammy my little Zane. plug there for like Sammy Zayn talking <laughs> about his friendship with Kevin Owens and making Kevin Owens cry. You'd never see that. Exactly. On You're not going to see that on TV. Um, so the big thing coming out of Raw that we have to talk about, there was an interview with Roman Reigns by, uh, by Cole, Michael Cole. And uh, it's not about what Roman said in the interview, but it's the fact that Braun Strowman came in and attacked him and whooped the shit out of Roman Reigns. This was a backstage brawl reminiscent of the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slammed him off of the wall, chucked him a good six to eight feet distance-wise, and it didn't look like Roman jumped at all either. That was the beautiful part. Slammed him through the Roman's a big beast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they definitely played him up to be a huge beast in this this segment. (sighs) They did as it went. So uh, we, we got into some uh, creative camera play, some stuff that, that was reminiscent of the Attitude Era, where you know it's fake, it's obviously fake, but it makes for good storytelling. Uh, this is kind of, again, where Lucha Underground, I think, uh, does it better in the fact that everything they do we know is a important segment backstage, and so they can get good uh, they can get good production and get good action out of it. Um, so if anybody didn't watch Raw, what ended up happening was after Strowman beat the shit out of Roman Reigns, 
the EMTs, and by EMTs, I mean local wrestlers that were in these really okay. crappy EMT suits that don't know how to handle people who are injured because they're moving the neck around, <laughs> just doing weird shit. Which, by the way, was called Paradox uh, um, EMT, which I don't know if that was supposed to mean something or what, but I thought there was like two doctors in the back and it was a pair of docs. I don't know. <laughs> um, so they, they end up strapping him to a gurney because Roman Reigns has got the shit beat off him and they sold it wonderfully. I'm mean, Reigns is selling this. All the people backstage are selling this as if he got the shit beat out of him. They put him on a gurney and at this time, the camera starts starts fuzzing in and out. And it fuzzes out into static, and then it comes back in, and there is a mannequin on a stretcher. And it's not entirely obvious, except for the fact that you notice there's no tattoos on Roman's arm, and it's a very pale mannequin, instead of a tanned Samoan with tattoo sleeves all over his arms. And Braun Strowman throws it off the loading dock, because they were going to load him into the loading dock, apparently. I don't know. So, so Braun Strowman throws him. Um, the, uh, the stretcher actually lands face down. So if there had been somebody on it, they would have smashed their face. Oh, yeah. So then the camera statics again, and then it comes back. And now Roman has, has now the the stretcher itself has turned ninety degrees. It came and it's on its side. It was it was very yep, yep, uh, uh, closer to the edge. <laughs> and then for some reason, nobody could jump the four feet down into the loading dock and everybody ran around <laughs> except for the referee. That guy, God bless him, the referee jumped right down there, but the EMTs had to walk all the way around. <laughs> and they got him. So then they loaded him up into the ambulance, and um, and all was well. I mean, then then Roman went off, and he got the medical attention he needed. Isn't that what happened, Pasty? Yeah, no, not at all. Braun Strowman came what? back yet again as soon as the paramedics had loaded Roman Reigns into the ambulance. Yeah, I'm not done with you yet, he says. Punches Roman in the face about four times. Chases the people out of the ambulance, gets out, and then he just totally Mark Henry's the entire fucking ambulance. Because why not? And when I say Mark Henry's the entire fucking ambulance, I mean he fucks it like he fucked Fabulous Moolah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he stood that bitch. <laughs> he hoisted. And nine months later, a hand was born. <laughs> Watch your attitude there, kids. And heaves and hoists it and tips it over very slowly. And it lands very gently on its side for, for being tipped over. Also, the so let's break this down. The top of the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, so, so we got Tom Stroman lifting this ambulance. Um, many times he's readjusting his feet. Yeah, he's readjusting and... and, and <laughs> The ambulance is not resettling down. It's staying as high as it was. No. <laughs> yeah, not not a single moment. So there's a crane a pulley in the back pulling it over. So besides, again, that's fine. It's all show. It's showman. Um, yeah, WWE loses the points because they try to. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Put it in song. Um, they try to play themselves as so real that when they do things like this, you can't help but point it out. Where, like I said, Lucha Underground could have done this. 
and had Mio Muertes do this, and I would have just been sucked into it entirely. Um, but WWE just tries to play themselves off as so realistic that we have to dissect this. So obviously, somebody's there, there's a, there's a pulley or a crane in the back pulling the ambulance over. We get that. Now, now let's say that you're Roman Reigns and uh, you're you're uh, in this gurney and you're in the ambulance and this ambulance is slowly tipping to the side. Okay. Well, now your 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 gurney or your stretcher is just willing to the side of the ambulance. And then, like you said, then it comes out and slowly lands on its side. Well, okay, now you're Roman Reigns strapped to a stretcher, just uncomfortably laying on your side. Um, It doesn't really add any injury to him. (laughs) It's a good good show of strength of Braun Strowman, if you forget that there's a pulley there. But even in real life, it wouldn't really hurt him at all. It just, you know, okay, now I'm on my side. This is a bitch. (laughs) by no means but you know what i love that they are pushing braun Strowman as a monster i like what they're doing with him they they seem to be committed to making him this monster and that makes in-ring matches where there aren't pulleys and there aren't camera cutaways that much better oh yeah yeah and i mean even even if you break it down to to Strowman throwing Roman Reigns about eight feet. That was good enough for me right there. I was delighted at that. Yeah. And then for it to continue, and he kept disappearing, but coming back, that was amazing. I loved seeing it. I love I love continuing it when you think it's done. And I knew when they were loading him into the ambulance, they're, they're showing this for far too long. He's coming back again. <laughs> You know, I, I agree. I think they would have gotten their point across just as well without throwing them off the loading dock and doing the ambulance. I think throwing them off the loading dock and check your messages, Will. <laughs> but yeah, no, lo- throwing him off the loading dock, it just adds so much to it. It is insanely hardcore um it was really good to see kind of campy i think once again this might might have something to do with matt hardy and jeff hardy being in the wwe maybe they're pulling things in the right direction telling vince things he they can do to make the show a little bit better i don't know what's going on backstage at wwe but in my opinion this was one of the best raws i've seen all year How do you feel about that? Oh, technical difficulties once more. We shall reconnect and overcome and overachieve. Beef Sticks Podcast. My name is Crazy White. We have been having some audio issues and call drops tonight. I am unsure why this is happening. It has not happened before and hopefully will never happen again. But we are back with the Fat Mac. How's it go? Yeah, hey, I'm playing around with a few different uh, settings here, and I think we're going to get everything fine and dandy like sour candy, as Ned Flanders would say. Oh, yeah. How am I sounding to you? You're sounding a lot better. It's definitely not, not choppy at all anymore. All right, all right. We're going to go with this, see how it goes. Bear with us, folks. That's what happens when you get live programming. 
It's better than Ring of Honor's first pay-per-views, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know what? I'm okay with this. I'm okay with them doing it. They, they have, have a reason for doing it. And, you know, it gives you the highlights. It gives you the stuff you can go back on. It gets people talking about it. And it, it puts Braun Strowman over. So the ends justify the means. I don't have a problem with it. But as long as WWE keeps trying to push itself as reality as possible, I'm going to keep dissecting it every time. I'm not telling them to stop doing it. I'm just letting them know, hey, work on trying to do it better. And honestly, just like we are here at the podcast. If Roman <laughs> Reigns retire The Undertaker so that Braun Strowman could beat the shit out of Roman Reigns for a year, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Braun's doing way better than I ever expected he would have at this point. I I thought Braun Strowman was going to fall flat on his face. They brought him up too early. He, to this point, is still very green. But for as, as much of it as they've thrown him in the deep end of the pool, this motherfucker is at least treading water, if not swimming. I give him all the credit in the world for what he's done with the position he's been thrust into. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like I said, I've I've he's grown on me more and more every week. Like I don't I don't know. People are bandwagging and hating him because it's the the cool thing to do, it's the fun thing to do, and it is fun to do. I have to admit. But <laughs> he definitely steps up and shows off where he needs to. Um so I got two more things I want to touch on from Raw. Um one of them is uh, the fact that Elias Sampson was just sort of drifting through Raw, as his character would imply. Um, he came out during the Charlotte Nyam match, I believe, and he literally just walked through the audience. The cameras did not pan to him, although all the fans were looking at him. You could see nobody was watching the match, and everybody was looking somewhere. Um, and he was just kind of walking through. And then later on, he kind of walked out and, and, and did a little deal. Um, I do not like the Drifter. I do not want to see him on the main roster. But, uh, shit, this might be the best thing they've done with him yet. Right? Yeah, just have him walk through. He doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to sing. Just drift on by. No, you know, you don't, you don't see them do stuff like that. I think odds are he's going he's gonna to wind up on SmackDown. Or was he just drunk and he ended up stumbling through and no, you know, maybe he wasn't supposed to. Well, he did. Just maybe this lose... wasn't part of the gimmick. No, well, on NXT he did just lose a loser leave I... NXT match. Yeah, and I know. He came back as as um, Los Grifter. Yep. <laughs> that was I. I love that. That was great. I wish that would have played out for a couple more weeks, maybe. Or he just came, kept coming back as different people. Yeah. No, I, I like the fact they don't do the whole uns. Okay, everything they do is quote unquote unscripted. But like this, like I said, the announcers didn't mention that that the fans were staring at something. The cameraman never cut to him. It was basically just for the live folks in attendance that the drifter happened to be walking through um, the the paid seats. I I like it. I don't like the drifter. I don't need to see him. I don't want to see a match with him. I don't want to see him on Raw. I don't want to see him on SmackDown. But I he's going to SmackDown. I can tell you right now. This is, he, this is the best thing they've done with him. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Um, 
The other thing I want to bring up is they had a champ versus champ non-title match as the main event. The IC champ, Dean Ambrose, versus the United States champion, Kevin Owens. In a very short, disappointing match, Ambrose won by Dirty Deeds. Um, what the fuck was the point of this match is, is what I want to bring up. I think just to kind of maybe foreshadow that Kevin Owens was going to be on SmackDown the next night. Uh, as if it wasn't well, foreshadowing enough just to have Ambrose show up. Because you knew as soon as you saw Ambrose, which, you're like, oh, United States title is going to SmackDown. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you have Kevin Owens look weak. He lost to, to Dean Ambrose in a very short match. You have Jericho come out, hit him with the code breaker. Um, you just, you're making your U.S. champ look weak before sending him over to SmackDown. Is that hurting SmackDown? <sighs> Is, is that hurting Kevin Owens? Is that hurting? Am I the only one that gives a shit? I I care. I don't I don't like it. I I don't like you know Dean Ambrose for one. Like we said, doesn't need to hold a title. So why does he need to go over the Raw champion? You know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's it's very strange. Dean Ambrose. How they decided to do things, and with the with the superstar shakeup, I thought general managers were going to be bidding and talking and. No, just people showed up on the show and they're like, oh, I guess I'm here now. And no, what, what happened? What about it? Actually, I, I, I seen a footage of, of how they did the superstar shakeup. And, um, and, and what it was is they have these, these balls in a pool and there's manatees swimming in it. Oh. And, and, and the manatees... They every now and then they bring up a ball and whichever side they bring it up to and whoever's name on it is is how they they decided who went to what brand. Um, very similar to an episode of South Park where they described how Family Guy was written. Very similar. I, I'm pretty sure the exact same thing. Um, maybe I was watching that episode of South Park and maybe it, I'm confusing the two, but it's basically what it fucking seems like. It just seems like a ridiculous random fucking roll of the dice Yahtzee sort of shit. Oh, I got three Kevin Owens and a fucking Nia Jax. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I prefer the draft, the way the draft did it. They're all just so staged and set up and they have their reasons. I like, I like the, like you said, I like the different general managers almost bidding on people. I like them trying to, to snag this person before the other guy gets this one. Or, oh shit, they grabbed this person, so I'm going to take their champion. Or, you know, I, I like the, the thought behind it, other than just a random Vince McMahon decides who the fuck he wants where. Shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel like in this, in this, SmackDown got the shit into the stick. I mean, yeah, they got Kevin Owens, but we lost a lot of people. SmackDown was solid. I didn't think SmackDown hardly needed to change at all. But they, like, took all of our best underdogs and then gave us their worst underdogs. I I said from the beginning I wanted I wanted the draft to go two years before they change shit up maybe one or two people for a reason here or there but I wanted a solid two years of the same people now I knew that wasn't gonna happen I was hoping for a year but Pasty can attest to this the, when the draft first happened I said you know what it's gonna be about six months and they're gonna shake it up again and I said probably WrestleMania probably WrestleMania and that's too early to me. Some people haven't even gotten a chance to build themselves up yet. Oh, yeah. There's lots of feuds on SmackDown that I was excited to see that aren't going to happen now. It's, it's, it's no. ridiculous. And then, and then just to think that here comes 
here comes SummerSlam in a few months. It's gonna happen again. What? Yeah, it's almost it's almost why why have separate rosters at this point if you're gonna change them up that much? Right. Yeah. You're but so let's touch on to build and shine. No, no, you don't. That's the problem. So let's touch on SmackDown, and then we can get into the the Superstar Shakeup or the Beefstick Shakedown, as we'd like to refer to it. Um, SmackDown, Kevin Owens comes out right away. Um, between Monday and Tuesday, he has uh, shaved, cleaned himself up a little bit. Comes out in a suit. He he, he shaved his his little uh, prickly whiskers, as they would be. Um, looking good. Looking very good. Um, Baron Corbin comes out. Interesting. Again, I'm not sold on Baron Corbin, but a Baron Corbin-Kevin Owens match? Kevin Owens can make Baron Corbin look good without having Corbin win the title. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what's going to happen, as we'll find out later on in the show. Right. But I, I'm just, like, like planting seeds for the future. I'm okay with that. I could see something like that working. Baron Corbin comes out. And then, uh, uh, um, not Ambrose, Sami Zayn comes out, and AJ Styles comes out, and they all want a piece of the U.S. title. How come nobody wants fucking Randy Orton's world title? Why doesn't anybody give a shit about that? Because nobody gives a shit about Randy Orton. He fucked Bray Wyatt. Bing, 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 winner! Nobody gives a shit! Kevin Owens, the U.S. champ, is more over than fucking Randy Orton, the world champ. Holy shit! And this and that, uh, this this proves it right that's here. It was when he was on Raw, because now that Lesnar's the Universal Champion, you ain't gonna see him. Kevin Owens was the number one guy there with the United States Championship. Number one guy on SmackDown with the United States Championship. Yeah, I didn't even care or wonder about uh, Randy Orton until later in the night when I was like, "Well, how come we haven't discussed the, the the world title?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, fuck, huh?" Yeah, I didn't even miss him. <laughs> I will say though, um, AJ. Well, okay, let's get into that later. Um, we had a tag title match: the American Alpha versus the Usos again. Usos win. They seem to be continuing the storyline, which I think is good. These two teams work well together. Um, they had a short match this week, but damn, if it wasn't a really good match, right. I really enjoyed this match. These two. We talked about the Usos being good. American Alpha. I hope this is a team that they do not play the whole fucking split up game with. Keep these guys together for years. They probably won't. Do it. They they should. They probably won't. You know, I think they're going to push Gable. Gable's going to be the the main guy they're going to push. But I love them. I love them together. Gable will be the one that they push? I I think that's what everyone's going for. I'm a Jordan. I'm a Jordan guy myself. He's got that Vince McMahon look. You know what I mean? Um... I was I was over with Jason Jordan back when he was with Ty Dillinger as a tag team in NXT, and those two made a real. I was upset when they split up. I was really bummed because they had a really good tag team. But I will say I think Gable and Jordan work a little well together because they both have the amateur background. And uh, Ty Dillinger's cocky ten gimmick that he got after that works so well that it wouldn't work good with a tag team that yeah, I, I think that was a win-win for Jordan and Ty Dillinger that split up. I didn't see it at the time. And it's one of the rare occasions where maybe WWE seen something I didn't see. That doesn't normally happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them that though. But no, I, I loved it. Um, I don't need to see any more Jinder Mahal. 
Uh, he was on here again with fucking uh, Gronkowski again, which I don't need to fucking see Gronkowski on here. But I like Jinder I don't give a shit. Yeah, you like fucking hose fucking veins. Um, so Shane O'Mac came out and addressed the women's division. Um, why he needed to address the women's division, no one ever said. Um, I, I don't... They're, they're still lumping all the women into sort of one thing and I wish they'd do more with the women. They're not, but the big announcement and I, I touched on this before and this is, this is what I'm going to bring up. I'm not a big fan of Tamina Snuka. She hasn't done anything for me. I was high on her when she first started. She's disappointed me, but this is not fucking helping her WWE. He comes out and he says, we've got a new acquisition. And she's somebody you've been waiting for for a long time. And she's super talented. And she's uh, the daughter of a Hall of Famer. And they're, they're setting you up for Charlotte, you know? Da, 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 da. And then Tamina Snooker comes out to everybody's disappointment. Wah, wah, wah. And she comes out to fucking everybody being quiet. There was We Want Sasha Chance. There was We Want Charlotte Chance. Nobody gave a shit she was out here. And then Shane's like, oh, you guys thought I meant somebody else. Well, I did. <laughs> and out comes Charlotte Flair. And it's kind of like when you, when, when, like for Christmas, you buy your kid a pair of fucking drows, and then you give them that present. And that's the only present they see. And they're like, oh, oh, thank you, dad. And then you walk to the closet and bring out this giant fucking present. And they open it up and you got them a dirt bike. And they're like, I love you, dad. It was like, yeah, Nia Jax was that dirty pair of drawers, man. I mean, uh, did they not see that was a fucking blatant slap in her face? That was set up to degrade her, I, I feel. I would be on my way so many, the company. Yeah, there's so many better ways they could have handled that. And again, I'm not a big fan of hers. I don't even need her on the show. I hope maybe she proves us wrong and, and does something good. But I mean, I'm 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 not interested in her. But I've damn, liked that was. Her, but they've never tried to insulting. do anything with her. They've never done anything with her. She doesn't even. She's not even allowed to speak. Well, which might be a good thing. Maybe. <laughs> um. So that that really that really bothered me. But then the next segment was something I really enjoyed. Um. I think we touched 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 touched. I'm thinking of gotch, and I said touch. I think we touched on the last segment, um, our last Beef Sticks podcast, that Simon Gotch had left the company. It was a mutual breakup. Both WWE and him felt that they could uh, go their own ways. And uh, so this week, Aiden English comes out, and he says, the spotlight is solely on me. And he gets a spotlight on him, and he brings back his opera singer gimmick, and he starts singing... And I liked that. I liked Ty. D- uh, um, I, I like Ty Dillinger. I liked Aiden English. Him, him and Simon Gotch did do good together. I, I enjoyed them as the VOD villains, but I was always more into Aiden English. I liked him before Simon Gotch got with him. I like him now. Ty Dillinger came out and interrupted him. I want to see these guys go on to have a feud, and I want to see them both put each other over. They are solid mid-card guys right here, and these guys could easily be the future of your mid-card. Right. Or they could be your top guys in 205 Live. 
I don't know that Aiden English would, would make the cut. He might have to slim down a bit. Yeah, maybe. 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 Dillinger, I think Dillinger would be a shoe in Yeah, Dillinger would be. Um, so that brought into the best promo of the week. We had the Lana promo. Oh, yeah. I'll be damned. It's Lana. It's uh, She's in a chair. It's a burlesque sort of uh, show deal. She does a burlesque sort of thing. It's very ooh-la-la. Ooh-la-la. Um, I like it. I'm, I, hey, I love it. Copy my... Uh, Hashtag, copy, yeah, yeah. Hashtag ooh-la-la-na. Ooh-la-la-na. I'm not excited to see her have a, a singles push. I, I like her to stay in the role as manager slash valet. Yeah. But, hey... This promo is good. <laughs> I'll give him that. I'm not excited to see her start her solo career. Maybe maybe she's been training really hard and we don't know. It should be better than Eva Marie, at least. At least. You know what? She looks better than her. She looks better than her. I loved that promo. I'm sorry. That's the guy in me. I'm all about women's athletics and having the best wrestlers in women's division but man that promo got me hot under the collar i ain't even trying to lie about that if a woman wants to do it let him do it you know who cares um shinsuke nakamura came out next week we'll have a video on you um, bubba doing the same exact promo shit yeah <laughs> i'm gonna record that tonight yeah. um so Dolph Ziggler is out there um on the superstar shake-up deal he says he's staying he ain't going nowhere. Shinsuke Nakamura comes out. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura does not speak the best English. But damn, dude, take your fucking mouth guard out before you cut your promo, and it's just going to be that much better. Right. Just that much fucking better. Spit the mouth guard out, dude. Your gimmick only goes so far. Um, <laughs> that's what I got to say about that, pasty. What'd you think of Shinsuke? I love Shinsuke. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't have the violinist again. But, you know. I know. So was I. I was waiting for it. But, yeah, if you're going to leave the mouth guard in, just be the man of no words. Shinsuke can pull that off. He can tell his entire story with motions of his hands. You know what I mean? I was... I was waiting for it. He was standing there for so long not saying anything. I just wanted him to look at him and look at him and look at him and walk by and just kind of brush his shoulder. That kind of like ballroom, like move, bro, and just walk away. That's what I wanted. But yeah, if he's going to speak, if you're going to come out just to speak, you don't need the fucking mouth guards. God, it bothered me because his English is rough, but I've heard him speak. And the mouth guard does interrupt with his his speaking a little bit. It gives him a bit of a lisp. It holds his T's and his S's and and stuff like that. And um, again, they need somebody backstage just saying, they need somebody at the gorilla position with his hands out saying, Shinsuke, just spit it in my hand right now. Like like the teacher when you come to class with gum and she just puts her hand out. That's what they need. They need somebody right there like, come on, Shinsuke. Come on, in my hand right now. You don't get to go out there till it's in my hand. You know, that, that's what I think. Um, I, I don't know. Main event was okay. That was the number one contenders match to the U.S. title. Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, AJ Styles. Yep, um, and, you know, seen since uh, Elimination Chamber. 
this time with Sami Zayn. Yeah, they 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 kept Baron Corbin. They kept Baron Corbin looking strong throughout the whole thing. I think without making AJ or Zayn look too weak, I I really enjoyed that. Um, again, I'm still not sold on Corbin, but man, they're they're working at it. Are you looking forward to uh, Corbin versus Braun Strowman the way I am when they finally cross paths on the same show? Uh, I am not at this point, but both of them still have time to make me want that match. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I'm the hopeful. <laughs> I'm the hopeful fan, and I like I like people who who aren't developed yet, but I can definitely see that they're developing, and I can kind of see where they're gonna be. I don't know. I've always been one right. to read, read things very well, and I think that's why I like these people. Uh, one one kind of a uh, uh, very good, very good storytelling, very good development in the ring. There was a cool little uh, spot they had in here that I enjoyed a lot. It was a corner spot. Sami Zayn had AJ Styles up for a superplex. And Baron Corbin inserted himself, but not in like a Tower of Doom position where like his face would be in Sami's crotch, but almost the exact opposite where the back of his head was in Sami's crotch. And he walked away with Sammy and uh, AJ, I thought botched this because I thought they were going to do a sort of a superplex where they fall over and Baron Corbin took them all out and AJ fell onto the apron. And I was like, oh man, AJ botched. But as it kept going, this was all part of the setup. Uh, Baron Corbin walked back with Sami Zayn in an electric chair type of hold, which is basically just uh, Sami Zayn sitting on Baron's shoulders, Baron Corbin's shoulders <laughs> as a child would on their parents shoulders when they're trying to see over a crowd or something like that aj comes in for the phenomenal forearm he slingshots off the ropes and at that time Sami Zayn ducks rolls up baron corbin as aj styles misses the phenomenal forearm uh, he didn't get the pin on corbin with that but i thought that was just a beautiful little setup of bam 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 I can do this. I can do this better. I can do this better. I can do this better. Like they kept one upping themselves oh, yeah. Yeah. in that short amount of time. And it was so fluid. And even the, the whole spot with AJ, like I said, he, he played it off so well that I literally thought he botched a move that was actually a setup to another move. Uh, I loved that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I really liked uh, right at the end of the match when you, you, you had the inkling that, Zane was going to win and we were going to see Owens versus Zane for the United States championship. And I was so excited. And then AJ Styles won and I loved it even more. Right. And yeah, it was good. He won with this phenomenal forearm, which they seem to be making his finisher for not like they're saving the clash for big matches. And that's cool. It's good. They got some superstars that they can hold back some of their moves. They need to do that more often. Make moves special. Yeah, you don't have yeah, to do your signature every fucking match. Now, now every so that was really cool. That Roman Reigns is in, we're going to see him bounce off the ropes twice before hitting somebody with a spear. <laughs> get the- one, thing I, one thing I noticed during the match, the ref put on his gloves, and I did not see any blood throughout the whole match. So I'm not sure what happened there. Somebody semen. obviously must have got busted not open blood, somewhere. Semen. There was semen. Oh, semen. Semen. Well, explain that. Somebody got a little too excited. I noticed is when you have a match with, with, with two people in it who have the same finisher, 
uh, spread there that moves out a little bit. Um, the Blue Thunder Bomb and the Deep Six are, are very, very similar moves. And Sammy did a Blue Thunder Bomb, and then, like, maybe three and a half minutes later, Baron Corbin pulled out the Deep Six, which is basically a Blue Thunder Bomb, but he kind of slams a little more into it. Right, yeah. I was like, uh, spread them out. Either spread them out or make them dueling. Make them back and forth on each other. You know, like, I can do this better than you can do it. My finisher is better the way I do it. Um, that's just nitpicking. Otherwise, it was a, it was a solid SmackDown. Um, Raw and SmackDown, I think, were both just, just solid. Not not great in any light, but not horrible in any light, but pretty solid. Yeah. I was, Raw was better than average, I think. Raw was better than your average Raw. Yeah. But, I mean, they should yeah, have these new acquisitions definitely. they're getting. Because they're getting some of my favorite SmackDown guys. And, you know, the Superstar Shake-Up just kind of makes them both a little bit of a different show. Right. Um, highlights the characters a little more than matches. And for some reason, um, maybe it's just because I'm getting into the lore of it with doing more of the Beef Sticks podcast and everything. But for some reason, I was okay with it being more about the the characters in the actual matches this time. Or maybe it was because they inserted a few really good matches into each show. I don't know. Right, yeah, yeah. I think I think the the matches that they had in the shows really held it down and and helped. There were some shitty ones, but yeah. they had some real high quality ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give them both a passing grade. Yeah. Yeah, they don't all have to be home runs, but at least let let's hit a fucking double every now and then. For sure. We don't want to win the game. Am I using that phrase right? I'm not a baseball guy. I don't know if I'm using that phrase right. (laughs) I I do believe you are. I haven't been a baseball guy since early childhood. And back when Field of Dreams first came out. And all I wanted to do was play baseball. So, um, that leads us into the Beef Stick Shakedown. So we have kind of compiled our list of uh, shake-up wrestlees from our our least give-a-shits to our most holy shits. That means worst to best for those of y'all who don't follow our beef stick linguistics. Um, you wanna you wanna you wanna talk on your raw? I'll talk on the SmackDown, or you want me to talk on the raw and you talk on the SmackDown, or do you want how do you want to do this back and forth, or what the fuck do you want to do? You know, we'll just both talk, you know. Uh, I could go, I can start it out. You know, uh, Ra, Ra got some got some pretty good people, and then Ra got some, well, thank God they're not on SmackDown anymore. <laughs> 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 Namely, uh, Apollo Crews and Kurt Hawkins. Um, for me, like, who cares? I think they should have just stayed on SmackDown because they're the underdogs there, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they weren't able to really rise above <laughs> but then uh, Raw ended up getting uh, Heath Slater and Rhino as their, their tag team trade. Um, they got Kalisto, Mickey James, the Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose, The Miz and Maurice, which I was that was a great way to open the show. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what The Miz can do with the people on Raw. Uh, I'm I'm sad that they're not on SmackDown anymore, but I think Raw needed them. 
very much so. And then I was not at all happy to see that Ra had taken Alexa Bliss and my favorite Bray Wyatt. Um, I was very disappointed about Alexa Bliss. I don't know if uh, I, I don't know how she's gonna do on the Raw brand. Um, they did move Charlotte over to SmackDown. We're coming up to that, so I mean, you know, maybe that opens up the spot for Alexa to be the HBIC. I guess the saving grace for possibly going to Raw is the fact that they brought Mickey James over too. I think there's going to be some kind of a, a ongoing rivalry between the two of those to even well, and you got when you got you got Becky Lynch, you got Sasha Banks, you got Bailey, now you got Alexa, and you got Mickey James. Um, I think um, I think Raw has the women's division. I'm just I'm going to say that right now. They have the women's division. I'm sorry. That that that's right there. I, I I think I think the possibilities are endless. You can mix. You can take any of those women I just said, put two of them together or three of them together, and you're gonna have a great uh, segment. You're gonna have a great match. You're gonna have a great storyline. You're gonna have. Uh, I mean, th- th- those. I, I love it. I, I'm excited to see what happens, but I think it just deludes the SmackDown pool for female talent. I think with, with Charlotte leaving and going to SmackDown and Nia staying on Raw and, and then Raw getting Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, I think Nia Jax is definitely going to rise to the top of the division soon because she's only got small people to beat up on there. You know? And I'm okay with that. I, I have no problem with that. She's still a bit green, as we obviously seen with her match with Charlotte. But working with the, you know what? I say put her in a in a in a feud with Mickey James right off the bat. Mickey knows how to work with with bigger women, and Mickey is a seasoned veteran who will show her the ropes. As much as some people are all over Charlotte's dick, Charlotte is still very green. She's Ric Flair's daughter, but she has not been wrestling very long. And she has a long way to go. She is not at the level of Bailey. She is not at the level of Sasha. She is not at the level of Mickey James. I mean, she she's behind all of these girls. And she's not the one to bring Nia Jax. She's not the one to elevate Nia Jax. Right. Um, Mickey James could be the one to elevate Nia Jax. I'm looking forward to that feud right there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, I'm going to call them the Powerpuff Girls. Alexa Bliss, Bailey, and the boss to fight Nia Jax in a three on one handicap match. I love it. The Powerpuff Girls. I love it. I want to see them in, in the, the pink, blue, and green outfits and everything. Right. That would be great. If New Day can go Super Saiyan, I'll tell you what, these girls can go Powerpuff. Oh, yeah, they definitely can. <laughs> I would buy uh, white, would you buy um, t-shirts? I would buy t shirts of them as the Powerpuff Girls. Oh hell yeah, I would. I'm, I'm looking. You know what? I think after this podcast, I'm going to go online and look for fan art of them as Powerpuff Girls. And if it isn't there, it'll get made. <laughs> um, Bray Wyatt is is concerning. I don't know how his move to Raw is going to work. Um, I'm, I'm almost going to go on record and say he can't do any worse. And that sounds horrible because he just he he was just SmackDown champion or World right. Champion, however you want to say it. But I almost think it can't get any worse, so maybe this opens doors for Bray. I think at best he stays at the level he's at. I don't see him going down any farther. I hope I hope not. 
do you do you see maybe him and Braun Strowman hooking back up? I, I think it's definitely a possibility. He has said many times um, when referring to Luke Harper, Ro, uh, Rowan, and Braun Strowman, they're all still my brothers, and we will all get together at some time. We'll continue to split up, and we will continue to come back together, and they're all my brothers. Actually, um, was it this this week on Sam Roberts' uh, radio podcast? Uh, wrestling po- Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast. Cheap plug for you there, Sam. He had Bray Wyatt on there um, right before his WrestleMania match. And Bray Wyatt was quoted saying, I taught Braun Strowman how to tie his shoes. <laughs> that that's what I came away with. So you know what? Um, I definitely think there's no way to avoid the two of them, but I think it's going to start off um, against each other before they come back together as a team. I could see that happening. Yeah, maybe not a long feud. He's going to need to rein Braun back in because Braun's so out there on his own thing and in a constant state of rage. He's going to need to knock him back down a page in order to get him back on, on that level, I think. And that brings up a very there good point no as to... On SmackDown, isn't he? <laughs> exactly what I was just getting at. That brings up the point that Eric Rowan, who just rejoined Bray Wyatt with the steampunk sheep, uh, is still there. So now you've got... You've got uh, Luke Harper... No, no, no. Okay, you got Luke Harper and Rowan on SmackDown, and you got Bray Wyatt and Strowman on Raw. Does Harper and Rowan get in a feud together? I mean, Rowan... Maybe they, maybe they team back up. Who knows? I said from the beginning, Rowan just needs to go. I, 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 I don't want anybody to lose their job. He's got such an awesome... But I just... I don't know what he does. And obviously WWE doesn't because they brought him back for Bray and then they just left. They they took Bray away from him for no reason. So they don't know what the fuck they're doing with Rowan. They have no fucking idea. And there's a good chance we won't hear from him for months now. That's always a possibility. It's just like WWE still has no idea what this House of Horrors match is going to be. No, they haven't. That's why we haven't heard anything about it. They they put out a poll this week on WWE. What do you think the House of Horrors match is gonna be? There's like 20 different things you could choose from. Like, yeah, right? you guys don't know it. They're all. trying to get ideas. <laughs> They're like, what do the people want to fucking see here? <laughs> I want it to be. I want it to be a misunderstanding, and it's actually a House of Horrors matches, and we just get a whole bunch of old, dirty broads. Fucking smoking cigarettes half naked that these guys have to fight around. It's like a lumberjack match with old dirty fucking broad smoking cigarettes. That's that's it's a house of horrors match. <laughs> uh yeah, fuck, who knows? So SmackDown on the beef stick shakedown. Uh your boy Jinder Mahal, Mr. Garden Hose Veins. He came to SmackDown. Um, your favorite travel agents, the Shining Stars, are also there. We can throw them in the trash can. Uh, Tamina Snuka. Um, as we mentioned, Raw basically has all the best women right now. So maybe this is the chance for Tamina to make a name for herself. You got Charlotte. You got Lana, who's apparently going to be solo now. Um, who else do you fucking have? Tamina and Charlotte are going to team up. 
And sure, you got Naomi, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose Tamina could be the new Dana Brooke. Yeah. She could be the bodyguard. She yes. could Tamina could could be the, the China to to Charlotte Flair's Triple H. There you go. I could definitely see it. Um, you also got uh, you got Sin Cara and his penis. They are both going to SmackDown. Um, so explain this to me. Why did Kalisto and his penis go to Raw just for Sin Cara and his penis to go to SmackDown? They must you had the chance to put them back together. They yeah, I mean, you had the chance to put them back together. I will say, though, I want Kalisto to not be a Raw guy, but to be a 205 Live guy. Yeah. Which Raw, Raw airs 205 Live, so you can insert him into those matches and then start a feud with a 205 Live guy and then ease him into 205 Live, similar to how I kind of ease my dick into anal sex when I'm when I'm having sex. It starts out in the pussy, and then it kind of slowly kind of, oh, but it's already wet. And, <laughs> yeah. Just like that. You can, you can ease Kalisto into 205 Live, as simple as a dick into an anus. Um, but yeah, then you moved Sin Cara to SmackDown, which just, to me, is pointless, and I don't think he's going to thrive there. Um, Rusev will throw him around. To be completely honest, before this, I didn't even realize Sin Cara was still with the company. <laughs> oh, he hasn't done shit, right? Oh, right. You don't hear about him, you don't Maybe they changed the guy behind the mask again. One can hold. They could have. That's, that's one thing they got going for them is they own the mask. They own the name. They can put anybody in it. Um, Sin Cara can be WWE's um, suicide. Dude, um, Sami Zayn should be the next Sin suicide. Sami Zayn should be the next Sin Cara. Um, hey, I'm down with that. Rusev and Lana. Rusev and Lana came over there. I think that's going to be good for Rusev. Um, I've already stated my thoughts on, on Lana as a solo wrestler, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, anything can happen there. I like the Sami Zayn. Rusev and Jinder Mahal together. Like all the uh, yeah. From each other, and they keep getting shoved together. It's good stuff. <laughs> well, that brings up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn is now there, possibly to be the new Sin Cara, possibly not. New Day is on SmackDown, which um, I think New Day is going to thrive wherever they are. I think this is a lateral move for New Day. They'll definitely be tag champs at some point. No questions asked. Um, But SmackDown gets the wild card. Kevin Owens came out on SmackDown, but Kevin Owens is not yet technically a SmackDown superstar. Whoever wins the U.S. title match at Backlash, whether it's Kevin Owens or Chris Jericho, that is going to be the new SmackDown superstar. So, um, you know, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho likes to throw curveballs at our at his fans. Oh yeah. Uh, for all we know, Chris Jericho may not even be going anywhere. He can tour with Fozzie and still make most dates on WWE and only miss a couple Raws or a couple SmackDowns, as it would be if he were the champ, um, and still hit all the pay-per-views, he may not even be going anywhere. We all expected him to already be gone at this point, and he's stuck around. Yep, yep. And he's swerved the fans before with saying, there's no way he's going to be able to come back at this point, there's no way I'm going to be there, and then he shows up. He loves to swerve the fans, and 
I really want Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to be separated for a good six months. I think um, most of the there... WWE universe wants to see that happen. <laughs> Just let them be apart so that when they come back together, the, the rivalry can be fueled again. Yeah, so is there a chance that Jericho wins the, the U.S. title, stays on SmackDown as the U.S. champ, and Kevin Owens stays on Raw? Or is, Smack, or is SmackDown getting the KO? The way you put it, it's, it's, it makes it a hard call, but I would think that Kevin Owens coming to SmackDown is a safety precaution because Raw now has Samoa Joe, and he's going to overshadow Kevin Owens without even trying on everything but the microphone. Right. Oh, I agree. No, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens are too similar to be on the same show. And that's where I think Kevin Owens is going to beat Jericho. And it just makes sense for Jericho not to jump shows if he is going to leave. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we'll find out in the upcoming weeks. We will find out. I, I, I hope that this is the match that we wanted at Mania. I hope this is the match that we've been waiting for. I haven't seen the great Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho match that I wanted to since they're split up. So I'm hoping they were saving it for this one, and this is the blow-off. Either way, it's going to be the blow-off. Even if Chris Jericho's staying around, they're going to be on separate brands. So this is the blow-off. So let's get the match that we wanted and didn't get. Because I was disappointed. It was a good match, but I was disappointed. Yeah. Talking about the Mania match there. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Payback. I think Payback should be a pretty, uh, pretty solid pay per view. I think it's really weird that they like started booking all these matches to have the superstar shakeup, and now people are already signed to different shows, but they're still well, yeah. Review like it's, it's difficult. And, that and brings up the whole Wyatt Randy Orton deal. Yeah. Because they're at um. They're on Backlash, because right, right, Backlash is the SmackDown, and Payback is the Raw. Am I getting that right? I think Payback's the They're SmackDown. They're both some kind of back. Yeah. Payback is the SmackDown one? I think so, and then Backlash is Raw, I think. I don't, I can't ever remember. Well, Anyways, I know, I know SmackDown, I know SmackDown is the next one. Um, I know SmackDown is before Raw, but either way, I mean, yeah, you got Randy Orton and you got Bray Wyatt going for the title at the next SmackDown pay-per-view. And um, Bray Wyatt's on Raw. So you don't imagine they're going to have the title go to Raw. I mean, you, you just don't think that that's going to happen. So you almost assume that Bray Wyatt's already going to lose. I mean, you already assume that, right? And that's just, it's sad. Why, why? We already know you set Bray Wyatt up to lose. Why you got to do him like this now? <laughs> it's It's horrible. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, and it makes me... Well, and it's his, it's his own match. It's his own match. Why are you doing this? Why do you have him lose his own match? Yeah, I, don't know. I, I can't even imagine how what must be going through Bray's head with all of this going on. Like, the company doesn't value you at all. They're not trying to protect right. your character or anything you've built. It's it's rough. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Bray Wyatt on the on, on the roster for too terribly much longer. I mean, I could be wrong. You you think he's gonna be leaving? 
I think I think if they keep dogging him around like this, yeah. I don't think there's any reason for him to stick around. I wouldn't stick around. That's pretty fucked up. Um, I I, I agree with you. Um, I don't want to see him go anywhere, and I, I think... You know that that's really difficult. He's 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 got quite a lineage in the WWE. Amazing in New Japan. He'd be amazing anywhere. Put him, put him in DDT. He'd be better in DDT. Albeit DDT doesn't make half the fucking money New Japan does. But DDT is the one that has the the matches in the middle of a forest, like an actual forest. Like we're not talking about a fake set, like in a forest. They're the ones that have the the invisible man matches, and they're the ones that have all the the crazy antics. I'd I'd love to see them in DDT and go all out, have fire breathing dragons and shit like that. Right. Um. But yeah, Ring of Honor, New Japan, DDT, TNA. He'd be good anywhere. Um. He's a rotunda. He's a Wyndham. You know his his lineage goes back. Uh, Mike Rotunda, who is IRS Money Inc. Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Um, he's got Barry Windham, Kendall Windham. You know, remember back when it was uh, Duke and Bo Win- uh, Duke and Bo Rotunda? They were a tag team, a very successful tag team in Florida Championship Wrestling. We had talked about Florida Championship Wrestling earlier. Yeah. Duke and Bo Rotunda was their names down there. Um, you know, um, Mika Rotunda was recently signed to developmental in WWE, so she's going to be coming in. Bo Dallas is still in there. He's his brother in real life. Um, he's got, I don't know, he's got so many connections to WWE, but his his lineage goes far beyond WWE because, to be honest, other than Mike Rotunda, who did IRS, which I, that, that's arguably his biggest gimmick was IRS. Um, he was Money, Inc. with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, right. in the early 90s. They had big feuds with like uh, the natural disasters, especially the the the, the uh, powers of pain, the twin towers. But um, otherwise, a lot of Mike Rotunda did a lot of work at NWA, WCW. Wyndham's were way more NWA, WCW guys than WWE. I don't think Kendall was ever in WWE. I know Barry was, I believe, for a short time. Um. Uh, but um well yeah yeah he, he definitely was um i want to say wasn't wasn't he one of the the blackjacks yeah blackjack uh windham uh, anyways um feel free to correct me folks if i'm wrong i'm i'm rambling it's getting late and i'm drinking uh, I, I don't want to see him go anywhere um he's been really good at evolving his character like the only thing that's negative about him is he doesn't seem to get the payoff but he seems to get a lot of attention and he seems to get, I mean, he gets the time, he gets the attention, he gets the, the production put into him, he gets the money put into him. The only thing he's not getting is the wins. Do you, in this day and age and in this culture, does he need the wins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Because in the beginning, okay. we said he didn't need the wins. And he didn't need the wins. And then we realized- But isn't he as relevant, isn't he as relevant now as he ever was? Yeah, but I think now you're getting to a precipice where the fans are they're they're not going to hold on hope for much longer. You can't keep doing that. You can't keep dogging. But have we been have we been saying that for three years? 
it's another Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, no, in the beginning it was. He doesn't need to win matches because he's got the words. He's he's saying things that, that get everybody hooked, and he's doing well. But I think now he needs it. He needs... He deserves it more than most of the guys that are on the roster. He deserves to be pushed more than Roman Reigns does, per se. Yes, yes, definitely. This is, this is Vince McMahon, in my opinion. This is Vince McMahon saying, oh, he's fat. Nope. Very possible, very possible. I, you know, I don't, I honestly, I'm not even, um, I'm not even playing devil's advocate here. I don't know where I stand right now. I want him to win more. I personally want to see this more. I, I don't I know hate, if, I if I feel he needs to. I just hate that the immediate future, you know there's a failure coming for him. You know? Yeah, oh, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. left guessing or at least hoping that there's a chance, but there's no chance for him now. Not here. And then he's going to go to Raw and he's going to feud with Balor, and Balor's going to get over him every single time. It's Balor. Yeah. Uh, I I agree. I, I think Balor is going to end up winning the the long term feud, which is which is what happens to Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it's that's just what happens to him. Um. No, I, I'm legit. Yeah, I'm legit it, pissed off about the, what they're doing with Bray now. It's, I'm not happy with it, and I, I I don't know if pissed off is my term. I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed. But as far as like you saying him leaving, I don't know where I stand on that. I don't know if he needs to leave. I, I think I don't want him to leave. If, but if, I'm if, wins, if, I'm, if I'm Bray Wyatt and this is what they're doing, that's what's on my mind. Is I could go somewhere else and be the biggest star in the world. If the wins matter to him, then yes, he needs to leave because I think WWE has shown they're not going to invest that into him. If his character and entertaining the fans and and the money uh, matters to him more, I think he stays. Hmm. I think it'll be a huge success no matter where he goes. Right. Yeah. He could he can come in as Duke Rotunda or whoever the fuck he wants to, and and be be the best. He could be Wade Bryant. There you go. Wade. Fucking Wade Bryant. Way bright, the consumer of planets. <laughs> Follow and, uh, the seagulls. Right. Follow the vultures. <laughs> trail, trail the seagulls. <laughs> I want to. I want to see them have the uh, the three vultures from the line, or not the line, from the Jungle Book, and they'll be his mascots yeah. going on to to to, to TNA. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's let's check out Way Bryant, the Devourer of Planets. <laughs> That's his intro in the fucking TNA. That's pathetic. I'm sorry. Uh we got we got one more sh- one more shake up and shakedown that happened. What else happened besides the the wrestlers on Raw and SmackDown? This is probably the biggest thing that we have to talk about this entire episode. I think you're. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Man, we have an amazing swap between WWE and SmackDown with the announcers, David Otunga. <laughs> and fuck your mother, Byron Sachs. <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
we're working with one note over here, and we've been adding penises and changing words on each other all night. <laughs> and the announcers that have switched according to our notes are David Otungyabung and Sexton Castle. <laughs> oh, it's it's fun. It's fun with or without the, the listeners. I'm sorry, you guys. We we love you, but we love each other just as much. <laughs> I just wish you would have read it earlier the way you were going to read it, and then all three performed a penis <laughs> splash on their respective. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You almost you you got me going a little bit, but I got through that one just fine. And then there was another one that you kind of wobbled. Actually, I think it was something you didn't mess up, but I thought you were trying to mess me up on, but it was actually correct, and I stumbled myself. <laughs> it was great. It was classic. Uh, yeah, so basically, See, WWE decided... <laughs> WWE decided that they had to switch up the tokens. I call this the trading of the tokens. This is the it was the token ever. black... Otunga switching with the token black um, Byron Saxton. I'll say SmackDown got the better end of the deal. By- I'll take Byron Saxton over David Otunga Bung any day. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Man, I don't know. There's no no excitement here at all. No, nobody gives a shit about that. No. It didn't, you know. They could have done that any any time of day, and I wouldn't have even fucking noticed if it wasn't during the Superstar shakeup. I would have had no idea that 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 Otunga and Byron were on different shows. They probably no idea. Probably had originally planned for JBL and Michael Cole to switch spots, but with all this stuff with JBL and Mauro Ronaldo going on, they didn't want to make it look like they were protecting him. You know what I mean? So like, right. that, that's very possible. Switch. <laughs> that's very possible. Probably somebody, yeah. Probably somebody said, "Well, Byron Saxon's the next best one, so let's let's switch him with with JBL." And they're like, "Well, wait a sec, or no, with uh, with Cole." And they're like, "Well, wait a second, now we gotta we gotta have a token on each show, okay?" <laughs> so now we're gonna have to switch Otunga. Um. So we never really touched on. What do you think about uh, uh, Dean Ambrose got switched over to Raw? Renee is still a SmackDown correspondent. Whoa. So now they're split up Renee just after getting married. Renee still does stuff on Raw. She, no? Yeah. yeah she she does. doesn't do interviews. She doesn't. Uh, she has not been a correspondent on Raw for many, many months since. Since they split things up. Well, then Vince just really isn't happy that they got married. At all. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that another fucking dig at them? Congratulations um, on your wedding. You guys don't get to see each other anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems really odd. Um, it seems they, they really seem negative about unless, this. Unless Renee is like super clingy and not trusting and Dean's like, they're going to split us up. And she's like, we have to get married first. You know, you're not out there <laughs> banging groupies in Europe. <laughs> well, I wonder, is Vince just against happiness altogether? Because remember when Lana and Rusev got married, and albeit it was during a, 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 a point in time when they were when they were feuding in, in kayfabe, but he got so pissed about them two getting married. Now he's pissed about these guys getting married. He split up Carmella and Big Cass in the original draft. He didn't want them together. Um, does Vince just not like people being happy? Could it just be that he's against happiness? Look who he's married to. He can't be fucking happy. Right. 
No, but it's it's like I, I I swear to God, Vince is playing a genetics experiment here, where he's letting <laughs> certain top-notch superstars breed with other certain top-notch superstars, and the ones he doesn't like because possibly <laughs> they could pose a threat to the company in the long term. Those are the ones he tries to crush down. I actually would love to have a segment once a month where we talk about my wrestling conspiracy theories because I have a lot of kind of out there shit that makes a lot of fucking sense. And I would love, I could go off for an hour on this Vince McMahon's breeding experiment. We could work on that shit, hell yeah. I Hey man, if you don't think I know fucking conspiracy theories, <laughs> you know that. I might have to start smoking weed again, though, man, because I, I get much better on my conspiracies when I'm stoned. I might have to take that habit back up. I'm less conspiracy on, on beer. I'm more conspiracy on marijuana. So that might be something we'll, we'll have to see. I don't know. <laughs> that That's something I've been thinking about for years, though, because, like, he's got no problem with seeing a Nikki Bella being married. He had no problem with them being right? together whatsoever. But he, he has no problem with Triple H and Stephanie being married and having kids. But, I mean, they kayfabe split CM Punk and AJ Lee. They kayfabe right. split, you know, Lana and Rusev. Uh, right. You know, it, it happens all the time. And he just, he, he's trying to breed because that's it's it. If you are a second generation. What? If you're, if you're and look a at how many... child of one let alone two. If you're the child of two right. superstars, you're in for life, and your children are well, in for life. And it's 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 fun. going off on this whole conspiracy thing. If you look at how many couples only got together after they started a segment together, also, right. how many people like got in a kayfabe relationship? And then all of a sudden got into a real life relationship. I mean, that happens all the time also. So there you go. That that comes right down to your Vince McMahon genetically selecting people. He's like, put these two together and they will mate and I will have my offspring. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait till he sinks his teeth in Anaya Jackson and Braun Strowman and, and breeds giant babies. It's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to fucking happen. I, can tell you I would say Naya. I would say Naya and Apollo, but that'd be way too black for Vince McMahon. He, he ain't gonna have that. That ain't happening. Right. <laughs> at, at best, it needs to be caramel. At best. Vince Page was an experiment put on by Vince McMahon with, with the hand of Brad Maddox. <laughs> right, right. He's like, we we want some, we want to try the new generation of 205 Live. We want to get some younger, flippy-flappy, flippy-flappy mulattoes in here. I want them flippy-flappy mulattoes. I can see Vince. Give me some flippy-flappy mulattoes. <laughs> I need a whole litter of them. Oh, fucking Vince. Settle down, boy. Let's do this. Let's, let's plan to have I'm okay with that. a conspiracy theory week. Let's, let's do it next week. Let's do it next week. Can you can you come up with it by next week? Dude, I've been talking about this shit for years. There you go. So there you go, folks. Next week, our new segment, Conspiracy Theories. We'll have a better title for it by then, and you're going to get our take on it. We'll, we'll, we'll get together. We'll discuss how we're going to set it up and everything. But, man, I love it. That sounds like a good one. That sounds like a very good one. I think so. And if you guys want to get your two cents in, you know, we're live now. So you guys can call in. 
Call in. Feel free to write in. I don't want perverts calling my phone during the week. You guys can call me on Thursdays between the hours of 8 and 10 whenever. But... Yeah. Right. Hit us up on hit us up on Twitter. We're on Twitter, uh, Beef Sticks Podcast. We're on Facebook, Beef Sticks Podcast. You can hit up uh, email. I got a, a Fat Mac BSP at gmail.com. That's F A T M A C K B S P at gmail.com. Send in your conspiracy theories. Uh, what's your What's your email there, Pasty? Oh man, I'm rocking a lot of emails right now. You can. Contact me, probably the easiest, at cloudstylebroadcasting at gmail.com or beefstickspodcast at gmail.com or getlocalminnesota at gmail.com or <laughs> I've got a big fat floppy cock at gmail.com. Hey, that's my private one. <laughs> don't don't be using my private email for him. That's where I send my pictures. Um, Yeah, so go ahead. We want, we want to hear what you want to hear about. We got our own. What are your conspiracy theories? Send us links to something you might know. Send us what you want to hear about. Make something up between now and then and send it to us. And we'll fucking grow on it. We will grow it into this huge uh, leviathan of wrestling propaganda that even Vince McMahon would salivate over. Oh, yeah. Just wait. We're going to tear the industry down next week with this shit. I know it already. Fucking it up! Oh, man, we're getting down there, aren't we? We are getting down there. We're done with David uh, before, and Sexton Castle. <laughs> so, uh, before we go, I do want to give a, uh, a plug. The AWF, American Wrestling Federation, here local in Minnesota. Uh, they run shows all the time. I've been to many of their shows. They have... Great shows. Um, they're family-friendly shows. Bring your kids. The price is is amazing. It's cheap to free. You get autographs for free. You get interaction for free. They put on an amazing show every time. You get high flyers. You get big behemoths. You get the masked wrestlers. You get the deranged monsters. You get Tony Danucci. You get Randy the Rainmaker Rain. Um, great, great product that they put on and, um, they got a few shows coming up. They got one, uh, March 18th in Grove city, Minnesota at the ACGC high school. They got one coming up in Morristown. That's on April 29th at the Morristown community center, but they got a big one coming up here. It's the AWF head to the edge. It is Saturday, May 6th. 2017, if you don't see any other AWF show this year, go and catch this show. It's in Granite Falls at the Prairie's Edge Casino. This is their big one of the year, folks. You're going to have Hacksaw Jim Duggan make an appearance. You're going to have Marty Jannetty, the former rocker, make an appearance. This is the guy that turned Shawn Michaels into a star. Shawn Michaels would not be Shawn Michaels if he did not superkick Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window at Brutus the Barber Beefcake's Barbershop way back in the 1990s. 
you you have to come see this. They always put on a super entertaining show. It's fun. It's taped. You're going to be on TV. They aired on the CW network. You can get your face out there. I hit them up multiple times a year. I drive long distances because some of their shows are free, if not cheap, and it's always worth the gas money to go see them. You need to come out and see your local wrestling talent. This is not WWE. This is not Ring of Honor and TNA. Go ahead, Pasty. I cannot express enough how mad I am that I just moved to Princeton. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? You're close to a lot of the, you're close to a lot of their shows that are coming up too. And they do a lot of shows in the Northern and Metro area. Anywhere you are in Minnesota, you're going to find shows that are coming close to your area and are worth the drive half an hour, 45 minutes or less. Their their school is near, near um, Ham Lake, which is pretty, pretty damn close to where I'm at. Yes. So again, it's always an all ages family show. Bring your kids, bring your grandparents, come to it. There's a few coming up. Uh, the website is www. Uh, shit. Yeah. Come get my autograph. Talk to me. Say hello. I'm the biggest star there. Uh, the, the website is www.proawf.com. <laughs> www.proawf.com that's p-r-o-a-w-f.com check them out they have a listing of all their shows coming up but again i strongly encourage you to hit up their saturday may 6th show in granite falls minnesota at the prairie's edge casino yes folks it's in a casino but, but it is still an all-ages show your kids are welcome hacksaw jim duggan marty Janetti, randy the rainmaker Rain, tony Danucci. You name it, they're going to have it. Go and watch it. Go and see it. Um, I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to get get a few little interviews and snippets from folks there. I would love to see what we can do, see if maybe we could get a working relationship with them or somebody else coming along the way. Go and check them out. Do it for your family. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. You're going to love it. You deserve it. You work hard, probably harder than we work. We're just here a lot harder than we were drinking beer and recording podcasts. We don't do shit. <laughs> Hell, I can't even stay on the fucking line for a whole podcast. I'm lazy as shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So where does that leave us at, Pasty? Oh man, I think it's about that time that we say adios and good night. Maybe. Thank you, folks, for being with us. We can do that. We can keep them up all night long. Uh, We appreciate you joining us for the Beef Sticks Shakedown. Episode 5, y'all. We've been doing this for more than a month. Can't believe it's been that long already. And I appreciate everybody we've got. We've got people from all over the globe listening to us now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's coming in from all over the place. We track our geolocation. I'm actually on the statistics site right now. I keep it up constantly. We have 1.07 of our listeners are from France. Hey, we got the French listeners. See? We're, we are global now, folks. We are legitimately global. And you know why? Do you know why? That's thanks to you, our Beef Sticks listeners. You're the reason we are a global phenomenon. Shouts out to you, what culture if you guys are listening to us. 
bring us on board. Um, no, we're, we're loving how much you all have interacted with us. We love hearing from you. We love seeing that you're paying attention to us, listening. Um, we are, again, available on iTunes, Google Music, or Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, Spreaker.com. If you're having trouble finding us, shoot us a message. We, we love entertaining you. We are glad you're having a good time. Thank you for joining us. We love having you. I can't state that enough. Feel free again to message us. Shoot us an email. Get on our Facebook. Get on our Twitter. Get around there. However you want to make your voice heard, send us nudes. I'll send you mine. You show me yours, I'll send you mine. That's a guarantee. I'm putting that out there right now. Literally cut it off and mail it to you in a box. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's in the box? What's in the box? It's my dick in a box. So, with the dick in the box, I think we're going to have to say goodbye. I am Fat Mac. I'm Pasty White. And we'll be back next week with an exciting new installment of Beef Sticks, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Snap it to it. <laughs>